Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. A lot guys. This is the Viking. And the Bourbon Cowboy. And we are, where doing what with We are, believe it or not. You know, Mark probably is very frustrated uh, with the cowboy because he's like, hey, where are we going to do this? I'm like, I'll just pick you up. And we're like, well, where are we going? I'm like, I don't know. You know how it goes. We'll figure it out. And we did. We're Let's here. talk about the first thing. I drive. Yeah, you usually drive. I drive. I'm driving today. I got the old coach weird. wagon out and uh, we got the horses all. We got, you know, we got the big wagon out and we're rocking. And uh, we landed up here, uh, you know, chomping on a few chicken wings at Bones. This is Bones. This is French Quarter. Yeah, Bones, French Quarter. We're out here on the patio all by ourselves, kind of getting prepped for the old Mardi Gras because it is Mardi Gras season right now. Next weekend. Um, well, there's shit going on for all kinds yeah. of shit going down at Sulard, but yeah. So we're here, and uh, yeah, we're here. Uh, what did we pour? We poured the Elijah Craig Right. Right. Yeah, this is a gift from uh, Chief Doug. Doug, say thanks, buddy. Uh, so we've got that poured, uh, and we are smoking something new that we have not done on the podcast. The Cowboy and I have smoked some of this stuff before, just not ever podcast side. We're doing a Lost and Found product. So this is. Unlike most Lost and Found, Lost and Found is a project between Tony Bellotto of La Barba and Robert Caldwell of Caldwell Cigars. Well, Lost and Found is the company, Tony Bellotto and Robert Caldwell, paired with Bolivar, the American distribution through Forge Cigar Company, and released two basically flipped infusions of each other. So we're starting with the Bolivar Cofradia EMS. So this one, they're both Robustos. We're gonna get into both of them. We're gonna to go to an Escuro after this. Um, but Ecuador and Sumatra, USA, Connecticut, probably binder. And then this is actually really interesting if you know tobacco, okay? So in the fillers, there are three different Seikos and one Visa. But the bulk of the tobacco is Honduran, which is really interesting. But then again, coming from Bolivar, it's not because Bolivar is a Honduran company. All I'm saying is I'm glad you said all that because I couldn't do it. Well, if one, no of us, if one of us didn't know this, right. this would be a fucked It's up not a matter of knowing, it's a matter of show. saying it. Because you a know. fucked up sports show. Well, I'm just saying all those little specific names and, you know, I'm just like the Cyclops. That's not too hard to say. You know, the hooligan. But some of this stuff is like, you know, the <laughs> kind anyway. area, Bolivia. All right, well, let's F4 light into this. Bolivar and Lost and Found. Uh, do a cold draw on that. Tell me what you get. So I cold drawed it, and then uh, Scooby Drew texted me, and I nailed the same. We nailed the same thing. You know, I don't ever talk about that unless it's a problem. 
It's like an almond. I don't know. You guys must have better palates than me. Or is that the That's I like? the first time you've ever asked me to do that. Uh, we never we did it with the mortar coil. That's the only other one we've ever done. Remember the one that tastes like Fig Newton when Rusty was on? Mm. Yeah, I, that's what I said. I don't ever ask about it. I don't know. I got nothing. To get this baby lit. I like cut that cap. Sometimes it's just like a little, I don't know. 316 with that little that little cap still hanging on and I have to work it down. You just throw it off. Oh yeah. Oh, I was oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. Alright. Alright, so we got lit into these. Um, you know, being in St. Louis again, we're prepping for stupid weather. Um, you know, it's 63 degrees out right now. 63. Uh, it's like 14, 15 mile an hour winds, and it's gonna start raining at about four or five o'clock. And then tomorrow by noon, it'll be 28 degrees in the snow. Right. And then by Sunday, it'll be 65 degrees. Yes. yes. It actually is supposed to be like 65 Sunday. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that's why the pool will be open in about five weeks. <laughs> you hope. Well, I think we're scheduled April 5th. I don't know how to get it open. To open it? That does not mean we're getting in it. That just means it's getting open. All right, just kicking off with these. The the burn is phenomenal. I mean, like it caught the burn line and just rode. Interesting. All right, well, let's try this uh, Elijah Craig here, this rye. So we are doing one thing that I absolutely hate doing. I don't even take my medicine out of the plastic cup. <laughs> In case why we're laughing is there's these big uh, green. We were almost going to do the podcast outside of my house, and then we decided to stop here. The minute he started talking about this, this big green, which is funny because the bottle's got a big green label, it just hits us in the head as we're getting ready to do a, a little pour and drink. Yeah. Oh, well, here. Anyway, you are not here. Wait, wait, wait. Here. Ding. <laughs> These are little plastic cups. Yeah, I know, I hate it. Well, it's 94 proof, first of all. Yeah. And it's smooth, but I'm probably not gonna give this a, it seems really sweet, but I get a lot of sweet off the cap of this right off the bat of the cigar. Yeah. So that's what's kind of stuck in my lips is the candiness off the um, the start of the cigar. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that wasn't bad at all. No, that's really not smooth. bad. And dude, for $24, that's what he picks up for, $24, $27 maybe. Well, $27. It was bucks. gifted to you, so I'm just, you looked it up or something? No, that's what he pays for when he buys it. It's twenty-seven dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got he's got here. rows of this shit. Um, it's Doug. It, it's Doug. It's like his. It's his. Just you bring it over for a ride. No one's mad, right? You know what I mean? That bottle. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I agree. Like this, it's toasty, to, like toasted bread, but it's sweet. It's like wheat, like weedy sweet wheat. Sweet, but it's on the cap. I'm agree. I agree with that. It's it's yeah. not 
it's actually kind of trippy because it's not infused in any way. And it's not like anything's going to change off of, you know, a Sumatra on top, but that's interesting. Now, did you already say what the wrapper is? Ecuador and Sumatra. Okay. Yeah, well, I know it's where you're going with the whole bread thing. It's like um, real grainy. Yeah, like, you know, you can get those like seven yeah. grain breads that are like a dark yeah. brown? Like that. Now toast it. You get to put the heat on it. But it's good. I mean, well, I will tell you this right away. If you smoked a Bolivar, like a George General American Dominican Honduran release Bolivar, this cigar costs about two more dollars and you will piss on Bolivar product if you smoke this. I'll tell you, that's my personal opinion. I, I, think, that, I think that when it comes to Cubans, Bolivar Cuban tobacco is still probably some of the finest out there. Uh, but when it comes to just the Dominican Honduran mutt blends, mm, you know. But they retail again at like five, six bucks. I think I believe these guys retail at seven fifty, eight dollars. So how do you pronounce that? The 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 Cofradia. Cofradia. Cofradia? Yeah. Or Cofradia? Probably that. Yes, ma'am. Probably that, Cafadita. Cafadita. Probably, I don't know. But the EMS, I can dig that. But we'll talk about, so we'll talk about these blends, like when we switch over and we get to the Oscuro, you'll see what I'm saying about how they're just inside out. There's nothing, I mean, when I said there, I may have gotten some sweetness off the cap, then when you, when you get into the bird and the retro hell, man, it's all like, uh, you were calling like rusted, weeded, earthy tones in this thing. But the nice thing about it is, is you can tell there's some symmetry there. There's a lot of those flavors are laying down in there and you're pulling them out. Uh, I, I can't name them right, but I mean, you can tell there's something going on good at this. There, there's a lot in the cigar, 100%. Yeah, there's, there's no argument there. There's a lot going on in that cigar. So uh, Drew is smoking this right now too. He just said, just drop the first ash. So here we go. Well, we're all on the same fucking page. Starting to get more into that weeded sweetness and with the dry nuttiness sticking around. I think that like the, the nuttiness has turned into the toast that I'm talking about, but that could be the same thing, right? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna keep smoking through this and sipping on our medicine cups. But, I don't uh, like the packaging though. It's like Easy Rider. Is that a motorcycle? Or a bike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's actually really interesting about this, you guys will see this in the pictures. This is one of those old side side level trikes, right? That is Robert Caldwell, right there. That is the Bolivar family man that is on Bolivar tobacco. What so Bolivars have I smoked? The only Bolivar you smoked is the number two. It's the Edmundo that I brought back from Mexico. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of new to me. Yeah. They've been around for a long uh, So Bolivar is another one, or, or Bolivar, however you want to say it. I'm going to say Bolivar, guys, okay? So don't don't get upset at it, whatnot. But um, so when you, when American companies, or some Swedish companies, however you look at it, who actually owns ownership of them, uh, you look at names like uh, even even Camacho, um, 
Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, Cohiba, um, Hoy de Monterey, H. Upman, Bolivar, all of these were true Cuban companies, still are true Cuban companies that are doing their blends out of Cuba, but for national or American sales, there are that name is owned or leased in a way for uh, North American sales. So Bolivar is one of those as well. They, they're they're mapped into that entire setting. This is a real deep, rich, dark. Uh, I would all, I would say I've smoked a lot of cigars. I almost feel like this is an espresso version. I mean, it's like really dark and deep, rich uh, I, flavors coming out of here. I, I will. I agree with that completely. Almost it's, like we were doing dense. a stout. It's dense. you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, for sure. Like a like a barrel aged one or a weird, you know, like uh, that. Like um, when we had that forehands does that absence of light, where it's the peanut butter milk style finished and the uh, absence of darkness. Yeah, this whiskey is six rich. You know, when I do a puff uh, of this, man, you could really feel the richness. It's in deep that tobacco. Which it's is. deep. Um, so far, like cutting into just the first inch of this thing. Um, I'm gonna give this to a full body cigar. The smoke on this is dense. Yeah, flavorful. we don't smoke a lot of them. You think we do, but we don't smoke a lot of them. Not full body, full, full strength. Rich like this. We're, we're more full strength smokers, but this thing, I mean, even outside this little bit of wind is moving. Now, what do these go? These are five packs. Mm -hmm. And what do these go? For? So if you I picked these. Up, right no, I picked these up at Lit. Um, right now, so the way they're in, they're skewed as individuals, um, and I want to say the sticks run between like eight, eight or nine a stick. But if you buy a five pack, you get ten percent off. So the five pack will. Be, I think I want to say the five pack costs are like forty-eight, forty-nine dollars. You know what I mean? And I, I believe that's after tax. So your stick price is looking at like eight twenty-five. 8.30. You know, and I'm not, it's not often, you know me, I don't get this short into a cigar, and especially for a mutt blend, okay? And I've talked about this on very earlier episodes, when you've got multiple tobaccos from three or more countries, I call it a mutt blend, right? Because there's just so much going on. It's like having a mutt of a dog, you don't know it's right. edge. That's what I like, and typically with these, you'll see some flaking. But this is 100% long filler. Unless this is the sneakiest Cuban sandwich I've ever seen in my life, that's 100% long filler. I mean, you can see how it was bun bunched before it went to a press. Like an you accordion, yeah. just bunched in there. Exactly. Well played. I didn't expect you to catch that, but yeah. Hey, hey. Um, pick it up a few times. Yeah. You can actually see all the tobacco's burning, which honestly, you know, I've, when we've smoked these lost and founds, uh, we've never really talked about we smoked them like hanging out but this I prejudged Bolivar with it being done I really did um, and so far this is great this is great and this I, mean, I don't good. know why I just feel like uh, this is like the first it's kind of like it, it's it's kind of a coffee cigar a little bit for me it's that deep and rich and um, I mean, if I was like gonna sip some, like, okay, now we don't do this, but coffee guys, like you just do a pure coffee, let it chill, then you take a spoon and you sip it. It's almost like a stout, whatever. 
but I'm just saying you get that real dark, rich roast. In you it. know that brings that brings something. Have you ever had a Cuban coffee? Yes, with I the have. sugar cube, the entire the, West, kind the, of, the little market right, right there, yeah. Cuban coffee. So when Deep I was at Bodegueta uh, Mimas down in Louisville, that spot I told you about, the Cuban spot with the cigar lounge upstairs. Um, sitting there, I was drinking all this rum, and I probably had like four Cuban coffees. Okay, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. But I was doing. I used to just take the, the sugar cube and drop it in the damn coffee and just stir it. Right, but the idea is that you, at least, at least I was told there. Um, you take a sip of it, then you take the sugar cube, you put it on your spoon, and you slowly move it into the coffee. Then you take the first sip from the spoon. I can see in kind of that aspect how rich the sweetness is in this. The sweetness in this is almost turning into a tanning aftertaste of a wine. The way it hugs the side of your tongue. Yeah, yeah. pick up a few things. <laughs> God, you sound like you know some shit. I don't know. Well, anyway, man, I just uh, kudos to you for bringing these to the uh, podcast. What do I normally bring shit? Well, yes, you do. I didn't mean it like what? that. I'm you just mean, giving you some kudos. What do you mean? Yes, I do. Yes, you always do. No, 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 I don't mean, yes, I know I bring shit, but do I normally bring shit, like shit stuff? No, I'm not saying it like that. I'm just slanging it out, man. You know, like, is a whistle, chisel, Snoop Dogg style, like cowboy style. I'm like, man, I appreciate you bringing these little uh, treats. These are freaking good. I wouldn't expect it if, I, I just, you know, I don't know, man. This is just a really different burn than what we're used to doing. I mean... This, is, I will say that, and this is actually a fun topic that we have, I think we've touched on before, but I was actually talking with Ryan and uh, Scooby Drew last night. We were talking about one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're talking tobacco to people is full body versus full strength, right? So full strength is the amount of nicotine, right? The way it makes you feel. That is strength, okay? Body is density and depth of the smoke, okay? So you can take, like one of my favorite fucking cigars is the Negociant Monopoly from Tatuaya. It's got the Connecticut wrapper on it, okay? That thing is maybe, maybe a, a medium plus in strength, but it is so dense in the smoke. There's so much flavor, so much coming out of it. So but pick if you're not careful, category. if you're not careful and you're just sitting down smoking on yeah. that thing and you stand up, It'll hit you at that medium plus. That Miami 15, the first time I smoked that is exactly in the what Bellicoso, you described. In the Bellicoso. I've never had it any other way. I know. That's what I, That conversation still makes me understand when I say you can never, like you don't know it until you've done it. And I say it all the time. Remember I told you when they came out, I tried to talk you out of them. I'm like, bro, I smoked, I smoked the Solomon he had, or the, it was the RC size. And I was like, dude, it's just too much tobacco. And then you bought that, I smoked one, you bought the rest of the box. <laughs> you know? That's because I'm smart. Yeah, I went well, right okay. in there before you guys finally figured it out. It's the and same I'm like, way. Man, so you're, you're normally stupid, stuff. but you were smart that time. Whatever. Right? <laughs> I don't have any problem with it, man. All I know is, is I love smoking cigars and, and tasting bourbon and uh, talking about it as much as my knowledge leads me to do. But I will say this, it's fun because I think I got a good palate and I can I can uh, taste it 
talk a little bit about it, and then you put it into you know technical well, terms that, about what's kind of going that's on. That's what's really cool about about cigars, though. And if I knew as much as you did, we'd be boring as hell. Well, yeah, hundred percent. This would suck. This would just be fucking stupider than it already is. But um, I I say it all the time. Like this is probably the most technical I think we've been on a cigar for a while, and it's unique because this lost and found stuff, like. When these are made, okay, they're made. They're done. You know what I mean? Like this lost and found may not come back. You know, if they hold on to some of them for a while, maybe you'll see them in a couple of years, but they're gone. They're done. They're out. It's over. They're, they're gone. And, um, but I particularly wanted to be really in depth on these cigars because excited as I was to buy them, when I saw the Bolivar apartment, it, just, it wasn't just another lost and found project, I got real judgmental. You know, and these have been fantastic. I'm gonna go ahead and say, I know the plastic is tanning or tainting the rye a little bit. Okay, not not by changing its flavor. I think it's withholding some of its flavor, maybe. But this rye with this Bolivar Cafradia EMS, this shit's good. Yeah, this is together. You know what's funny, because I always tell my wife, she'll go, and, and what's funny, and you'll say this, is it's like, okay, I'm the bourbon cowboy. I love bourbon. But I'm having a vodka club, you know, here and there. But then also, um, I if you get a styrofoam cup or a plastic cup, like a uh, quick trip or whatever, drives me crazy because right off the bat I can taste uh, taste that resin yeah. in the cup. Yeah. The glue that holds it all together. So yeah. I'm just like, well, so why would you ever drink out of a styrofoam cup and then <laughs> I'm always I think it's because of the farm. I not that I don't like the Yeti, but okay, for example, if I'm doing a pina colada, a pina colada colada freezes up in the Yeti. But that styrofoam just keeps it throughout the day when I'm walking for about 30 minutes or whatever outside whatever. it just keeps it at the right temperature and uh, I don't want to get too technical but I'm yeah, just saying it kind of kind of keeps my pina no I'm, I'm the I not, not that I, I have I have pina coladas when you make pina coladas and then I don't fucking drink them but like with good, with with the them. Yeti right talking about the Yeti versus just a, a red solo cup or something right so like when we're when we're out the lake we've been on the beach I, for a while I was like I'm just gonna put a couple beers in a Yeti and we'll roll on, right? Well, yeah, they stay cold, but for some reason to me with water, you don't really taste any of the Yeti. It's just water, you know? But once you put something else in it, I feel like I'm tasting the fucking steel or aluminum or whatever. <laughs> in some ways, you know, I can see me and you talking about all this shit and then all of a sudden, you know, we get hooked up next to some guy or whatever girl, and we ask him, hey, how's that water tasting? And like, what? <laughs> well, we're doing it on a cup. We were just sitting there like, tastes like fucking water, man. We're going to take like, our ideas like, and well, run with it. <laughs> we were just, you know, wondering if you were getting any resin or they're like, what the hell are you guys talking about? You know, it's kind of like. And that's what I leave with. We don't know. We're just, come on. Man, we're just spending some time to see if they're talking about this. You know. Uh, okay, so I want to talk about one thing. Um, did you ever smoke any Tarano cigars? Oh, I don't know. No. Well, 
Carlos Taranio Sr. passed away yesterday. Died at 78. Um, so he created the Taranio brand and was uh, a broker and a factory owner. Um, yeah, so he, he passed away. I have a funny joke about Taranio. Um, so we were talking about this last night. I, I used to smoke the, when I first moved here, Captain Z is down on Telegraph, Zach down there. Um, they would carry the Toronto Exodus, which was in this like gold and rose gold black label. It was a very fruity, chocolatey, semi-spicy cigar. It was really good. It was like seven dollars. Right? It was a fantastic cigar. And then the next time I really saw Big Toronto, you've seen the Camacho boxes, right? Yeah. They're in like the crotch, the, the Ecuador's in the baby blue box, the Connecticut's in the like yellowish and orange box, the Nicaragua's in the red box. Well, Toronto put out like four blends, and all the boxes were the same as Camachos, just different colors. And that's when I had seen them again. But long history, big name in the industry, passed away. I thought it'd be cool to, you know, say what's up. Yeah, I hear you. But you brought up Camacho, and I want to say the whole thing about Camacho, I've smoked those cigars, but what I always remember about Camacho is the whole marketing around Camacho, like have a Camacho night, have a Camacho cutter. Yeah, so you they know Camacho, like all this crap. You know Camacho from the buy and the rebrand. Did you ever smoke any Camacho back in, like, I don't know, 04 to no, 2000? I didn't even know they existed. I was spending time with, uh, what did I tell you, that reserve, uh, it was a 660, like we've always talked about. They didn't have a lot out there, but it was uh, pressures on that. It may be a thing of, not Hoyo, but they were Monterey. I don't think it was that. But anyway, I'll figure it out. But I was spending time with those. That wasn't even on my, didn't know nothing about it. Yeah. Probably Punch was what I was starting out with. You know, those Robustos, which were fantastic, by the way. Well, what about probably an inch and a half into this damn thing? Good. And I would say the uh, okay. kind of a deep, dark uh, fullness oh, of it is starting to kind of blend uh, we'll out. Be looking at, like, at around 4, yeah. 15, 4, 30. Yeah. It's okay, damn good cigar. Okay, fantastic. And uh, what are you going to pull from the now? Oh, great. The retro hail is getting lighter. Yeah. So obviously this cigar is going to do some things as we're smoking it through, which is going to be fun to experience. I'm, uh, I'm not stoked. And the ash is still hanging on. I mean, I'm probably about an inch and a half on the ash, so I'll probably let it go here in a minute. But anyway, so the French Quarter, here we are. And they've just put up all these things on this back patio. They've got all the plastic, you know, these side panels are green and plastic so you can sit outside. And then the whole, the whole wall here has been done with, of course, Budweiser. And it's all pictures of um, New Orleans. And uh, man, they really got it dialed in. I guess New Orleans is going on Mardi Gras season or whatever. It started in Soulard. It's late 
this year. Sometimes it's like at the end of January and then ends up with what, Fat Tuesday? Um, which I don't know exactly when that falls this year, but I don't know. I used to get into Mardi Gras a hell of a lot more when it was not as hectic down in Sular. Like you could actually go into a bar, buy some beats, sit around and laugh, listen to Cajun music, some Cajun food. And now it's like a street party down there. You can't, there's hell no. You're not even gonna be able to get in a place. And guess what? You're gonna have to pay to pee. You know, like 10 bucks to go get a freaking. they got like all these uh, peace centers down there. Last time I was down there a year ago where you can go in, they unlock a gate, you go in and pee, because you can't get in anything. It was so crazy. And of course, I guess that would be dependent on weather, but um, it's not as enjoyable to go down there for the parade and all that stuff now because it just has gotten out of hand. But it's a big damn deal here. I think it's the second largest Mardi Gras party outside in the world. United States, right? Yeah, that's not something uh, I'm not pay to pee. Like the last time I went down there, you, I was telling them, like, you know, about the festive Mardi Gras stuff they've got here on their porch. But down there, um, you can't even get in a dang bar anymore. It's like a street party, basically, yeah. what it's become now. So much that local radio stations set up, uh, they buy big heated tents, and they sell tickets to these things. Yeah. To get inside a heated tent, which, you know, this year, honestly, might probably be the warmest Mardi Gras in the past few years, depending on how the weather flows. I remember well, last year, Last I kind of looked like out at it. 50 16, degrees. 16, 17 degrees outside last night. Every once in a while, you if get they the had 50s. It, Did they have it last year? They might not have. You know that's a good question because of COVID? No, 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 no. That would have been 20 they didn't have it. Last year was fine. We were open as outside. Oh. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Actually, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I assume they had it. At least I would hope they had it. Well, I just asked... Um, because of the discussion that we had with Luciano. You know, you, we, we've talked about this, stacking the dimes and leaving the ash on there too long. And Luciano um, discussed that with us. And he's like, you know, if you let that ash go too long, you're getting a little bit of the ash, the burn, the, 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 the exodus of the tobacco through the draw. So go ahead after you get an inch and a half in it, if you'll just lightly tap it and it falls off, it's time to let it go and then get on it. Would you, uh, aficionado man, what do you think about that? I 100% agree. Um, I'd always thought it was, you know, I, th I, even, I think I even said this on the podcast with John. I was like, I appreciate the artwork of those guys that, guys and girls, shit, there's a couple of them that can smoke a cigar and hold the ash, you know, you know, down to an inch away from being finished. But <clears throat> after a while, when that ash cools at the front end and you're drawing the air through, that air is coming through all the burnt tobacco. Yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, just straight back. Surprised we didn't figure you know, that out. Woo, just starts here, comes here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was just, you know, when someone of prominence tells you not to do it, it's like getting your hand slapped by your grandfather. You're just like, oh, shit, that's really wrong. I remember being a substitute teacher. Wait a minute. I'll back up on that with the substitute teacher. He goes, you know, these young kids, as long as you say it, you know, just tell them what you think and say it strong enough, they'll believe anything. Yeah, look at all the millennials. 
But I'm just saying, what Luciano said makes total sense. Oh, so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed I'll that. I'll go with this. I don't care. Yeah. That. I enjoyed that very much. So thank you. Like a little kid asked you a question. Well, of course it's this, this, this. That is what it is. So we believe. Then she's like, you know that teacher. It ain't no good. It ain't no good when he's coming. But I'm enjoying the hell out of this. I, I, I was telling him when you were over there uh, taking a call that I felt like the really deep, rich um, is kind of mellowing out now. We're getting into like some light. Um, it's just not as mellow. Uh, it's not as rich as it used to be. This now is it's kind a of mellowing smoky out. cigar. I mean, this is this is dense, man. This is a smoky cigar. I'm getting some of that in my retro hail now. It's getting a little different. Anyway, we're spending. I mean, actually, we don't spend as much time talking about a cigar. This one's a good one. So, I know you're not watching the Olympics. The no, Olympics. I have seen zero Olympics. I know. I'm just like I'm not. Well, I, I mean, I'm not pumped out about. Told it. you, I'm caught up on this bitch from New York. This well, is venting Anna. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she we, mesmerizes let's me. Let's hold on to that because I'm two episodes in that, too. But sure. what I'm saying about the Olympics, I didn't see the open ceremony, and I don't even understand all this doping shit because, of course, Russia has been charged with doping everything. And they're under, like, they're not even there as Russia. They're, like, as some old scene. Well, so Russia. Some bullshit, like they're gonna, under OIC or something. Yeah, I'm going to mess this up. But Russia in the 20... 16 games that Icarus movie came out and the synopsis of it was an American guy wanted to do the Tour de France not on drugs and then get on drugs and do the Tour de France and see what it would do to his performance well he reached like out it. he reached out to this top dog in Russia and while doing this he came to find out this guy is telling him how the past 20 years how they how they dope how they were able to beat the test how they were able to do this now that Russian's on the lamb under protective custody in the United States because the Russians want him back. So when that happened, they got stripped of, it was either the 14 or the 18 Olympics, maybe 14, got stripped of like 20 gold medals and they were barred from an Olympic competition for X amount of years. So the individuals from Russia that are competing for Russia are competing under the, like it's like the OIC or the, the whatever it's it's something else it's not they they're not allowed to fly the russian flag but they just a bit right I, yeah and maybe you know a little bit more about it than i do because i don't know anything but so the olympics start whatever and i said to my wife i'm like why are we even watching this is there anybody in the olympics we even know like what's really going on because typically they've promoted a couple big things like sean white i didn't even know sean white was making a return and he did and to be honest with you this year more than any other, probably because of the the uh, gymnast who pulled out. She said her shit just wasn't some right mentally. Miles, yeah. She was having some issues. I mean, I think the mental aspect of some of this shit, especially for American guys and girls, they've got so much shit on their shoulders and whatever. But here's I mean, where all I in all, I mean, I think he did a pretty, 35 years old, goes up there, what, 20-something feet off a of 40-foot. And, dude, he's been competing in the Olympics since he was 16. I thought he was fucking awesome. Or, well, he's competed in five, five, six, five Olympics, six, 24 years, six Olympics? Right. Every four years, right? 
24 since he was 14 fucking years old. Yeah, so he used to be the tomato, now he's kind of redhead, clean cut, looks good. And he's not sports with big long red hair anymore. But the funny thing is, we're good. Um, is I don't know what his height is, but I bet he's probably he's probably 5'10, 5'11, something like that. And then he may even be tall. I don't know. But my point is, then the guy who's the new guy is he from China or Japan? I don't know. But he's like, oh no, whatever. The guy's like maybe 5'2. And this guy just comes down, and what's really funny about this, this is the only shit I watched was the half pipe because the tomato was in it. Anyway, the, the number one guy comes in, and he goes up like almost 20 feet off the 20-foot side and does like three or four spins and shit. But he looks like a little, like, uh, like a little cartoon. He's like, whoop. And he does all this shit, comes down. Well, he's, he he, he's smaller. So he's he's got smaller, so the tucks. Smaller sense of gravity, so he's got to develop speed faster. Well, I'm just right? thinking the tuck, the tucks that he's doing and holding his board would be easier than a taller guy. Sure. I don't know. But anyway, so, it, but what was funny is, is he did this unbelievable thing and he wasn't in first place. I think there was a switch guy. I'm going to get off this. But anyway, he ended up taking fourth place, which... He, you get three runs, two of them were shit, he had one good one. Otherwise, he could have pulled off the medal. But anyway, good for him, man. I thought it was fantastic. And then this post shit about the Russian chick who's like one of the top skaters in the world right now. And, and they're letting her compete. I don't know, it's bullshit. I don't care how you do that, but shit. I don't know, the OIC is interesting, man. Olympic International Committee. Um, they're very... Very, very interesting. Uh, you hear so many differing reports on them. Interesting. I want to jump back right. to uh, football, though. I want to talk about cigars and football. Okay. So are we going to talk about cigar football? Or? No. So, well, both. We will <laughs> jump into that too. But cigars and football. Okay. So you know, you go back and you look at sports figures, right? Michael yeah. Jordan was known for smoking his cigars. Okay. Um, Cigars on the golf course and professional events used to be a thing. Michael Jordan still smokes on a golf course. Uh, you know, uh, Pat still does cigarettes. Uh, what's uh, or not Pat Perez, Sorry, uh, Daly. John Daly does cigarettes. Uh, the Spanish gentleman still smokes cigars on the course. Sergio something or the other. Um, so let's look at football, okay? When were cigars in football? Well. When do I remember seeing cigars? Yeah. Kind of related to I, I never have. Okay, to be in the past five years, half a decade, Joe Burrow with LSU wins the national championship. They're smoking cigars in the locker room. Okay, next biggest one: Stetson Bennett and the Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship. The reporter tells him to smoke them if you got them. Okay, Joe Burrow beats the Kansas City Chiefs. Wins the AFC Championship, smoking cigars in the locker room. Okay, Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams win the Super Bowl. They're in the locker room smoking cigars. So that's a new thing that's happened. I have never, in my is the farthest I think back. I don't remember in football. Okay, in football, in in basketball, LeBron's like Kamal Anthony. All these guys they bring in cigars. They do their thing. Yeah, you're right about but that. In I, football, don't, I don't. 
I do not even recall players doing cigars. Yeah. Ray Lewis is now, not the only one that I knew now, put out a really pretty good cigar. Yeah, that was the only really Camacho that But I never saw him smoking them, really. No, right? it, was, it was a benefit yeah. afterward. Right. Um, you know, Mike Dicka, okay? That, okay, that might be the only football reference I have is Mike Dicka. Mike Dicka did smoke Camacho cigars before he got involved in the buying of Camacho cigars, okay? But when can you remember? And I thought about that. I thought about this all week for the podcast. I was even trying to Google it a little bit. Cigars are more prominent in championship football level now. Five years, okay? And not even, not even five years. I think it's three because Joe Burrow won the national championship in nineteen, eighteen or nineteen. So it's three or four years. And now you're in championship games, right? People firing up cigars. You're seeing pictures of them. You know, pictures in the locker room of a team smoking cigars. Right. Kick back. Cleats now, still on. Now, is that just happening by chance or is somebody pushing that? Someone's got a lock on that. There, you cannot tell me that by chance. Now, it could Joe be Burrow that Burrow, he likes smoking, cigars. Smoking so he's if you got him to the Georgia Bulldogs. Nah, nah, nah. Joe Burrow smokes in his AFC Championship win and then. You know, if, if it were Joe Burrow in the LSU Championship, Joe Burrow in the FC Championship, and then Joe Burrow after winning the Super Bowl, I'd be like, oh, it's just a Joe Burrow thing, right? Yeah. But Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams firing up cigars. Maybe it's the new thing. You know, the, the announcer saying to Stetson Bennett, when you get in the locker room, smoke them if you got them. You know, it's making the presence, and it's interesting. And I'm curious why. You know, who, who's the ringleader? Who, yeah, who, who started the trip? Who started the trip? Was it Joe know. Burrow? Like, know. as much as I dis, I don't I don't like that kid. Maybe, maybe <laughs> he's got uh, some buddies who smoke cigars, and now he's gotten into it, and that's kind of his thing. I don't know. Maybe, man. But I do want to talk about uh, the Super Bowl and the halftime shift. But we're on our second pour, and yeah. I was going to talk a little bit about this yeah, because like I, I know we've had it. But I think it was a year ago or whatever that there is, and what I'm going to say, this is Kentucky, cream of Kentucky. I don't know why the 11.5 Kentucky State. This is uh, years old. Jim Rutledge. Yes. And he J. retired. J. W. Rutledge. And he retired. Um, and I'm trying to think of who he was um, doing his stuff for. Was it? Woodford? Was it Jim Bean? I don't know. We might have to Google it. But anyway, he was with somebody doing his thing. And then he came out and acquired this old brand, Cream of Kentucky. And this, I believe, was his first bottle out. And he's got different ones. And I just thought it was some amazing shit. So I went down to the vault and I pulled it out. And Four roses. Four roses. Four roses. That makes really. Four roses. Well, okay, I'm gonna have to think about that because Al Young, I thought, was the guy from Four Roses. Um, maybe he long, long. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, so this is a um, hundred. Let's see. So it's about 101 proof. Anyway, so we're gonna have there's the story back here. I'm not gonna read it. It's boring, but anyway. I always thought this was some really good stuff. So we're going to sip on this a little bit and then yeah. continue our story. Cheers. This stuff, and this is not easy to find. 
had it in the had it in the vault now for over a year, and it tastes as good as the first time I opened it. One of the few. But it's you want to know like, something interesting it's like about this, man? It's creamy. You want to know something interesting about this? If you look up JW Rutledge Distillery, it says permanently closed. Like it's done. It says it's permanently closed. Huh. But then in August of 21. Uh, five decades with four roses. Oh. Yeah, four roses master distiller. I think Al Young was long before him. And then July 2021, he introduced his first rye whiskey. Hmm. Well, I know there's some different. Is that versions. the bid? There's a bottle of mine of that. Look at it that. says 11.5. Yeah, like I said, I know there's some different versions of that cheese. I would love long. to have that. Of course, I'm a fifth guy, but I'd love to have that. But uh, anyway, I think it right now with that, with this cigar, it is really good. I'll tell you right now, it's good, but I think that rye like creamy stout is better. Oh, what we had there? Off the get, yeah. I think that the rye right now is not right as now. sweet. This is a little more creamy. And, th- and that's what's that's what's really interesting. Um, cream of Kentucky, right? Thinking and, and, and talking, right? Cream of Kentucky, you would think. Nope. No, it, it almost looked like my truck, but it wasn't nice enough. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> a little pop for the truck. Um, it's not, it's not sweet. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what you would take from it. And if you think about it. Well, um, I'm excited oh, about it. Oh, look at him. There look at this one. Well, let's say, hey. gentlemen. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break. i got to attach another mic. we got a guest tomorrow with us. We'll be right back. Guest of honor. All right, so Mr. Dougie is here. This is our, <laughs> this is our secret Dougie. I won't tell you what he does. He's a... Uh, Space Force Lieutenant Colonel. He lives on Mars. <laughs> yeah. Comes down every now and then. By Mars, I mean balling. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Same thing. Uh, this is Doug that brought us the Elijah Craig straight ride. And he did confirm 25 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, are you allowed to taste something? No, not right now. You're the boss. I am. I am. You're like literally the boss. Maybe when it's after hours, I can. But I will oh, say okay. about that bottle. Um, several months ago, I was at, I was at an event. And the master distiller from Heaven Hill was there, which puts out Elijah Craig. I asked him about why we can't get that in Missouri. It's a great ride. And his response was, it's coming. It's hitting the bigger markets first. Well, first has been like a year now that it's been out. And it's a great product. And so we got to talking about their other ride, uh, Pikesville ride, that they don't even advertise. And it's barely even on their website. But it's a $50 product. I think this at 25 bucks is as good if not better than the, the Pikesville. You know, the funny thing about it is I've asked the same question that you're asking, and a lot of it has to do with paperwork. The immense <laughs> amount of paperwork that it takes to get a product in to a specific state or whatever it may be, it's just a lot of damn paperwork, and sometimes it just doesn't get done. Like, um, uh, the product that we had with Swafer, the uh, Wilderness Trail. Yeah. It was yeah. in Illinois, and the only reason it wasn't in Missouri is because they, they didn't get all the paperwork done to get in. Oh, I can imagine. And sometimes it just, it, it's crazy what it takes to get all the I's and T's checked. Yeah, and you know, some states are 
overall bigger markets than other states, and so why wouldn't you want to go there first? I get it. it makes sense to me. I get it. But when you have a product that's that, that's that good, and it takes forever to get in Missouri, there's a problem. So, but oh well, that's why I'm not in uh, retail business. I have no idea how that that stuff works. <laughs> I've always said about that the Elijah Craig. I love it. Uh, I mean, probably one of my favorite is uh, those two. Is the 18 years just oh, knockout yeah. crazy? But then yeah. the barrel proof. And they're all different barrel proofs from a 25 to a 35. Well, so I actually learned this. I was talking with Doug and then I was talking with some other people. So you know how like the Van Winkle stuff has lots A, B, and C, different releases on the Van Winkle stuff? Well, so does the Elijah Craig. So in the toasted barrel stuff, or the, I'm sorry, the barrel proof stuff, lot C is the higher proof product. So when you get A or B, that's when you started seeing like the 117, 18, 20, 21. But then when you got the C, you had 127, 28, 29, 30, so on and so forth. I wonder what they mean by that lot. Like, you know, there'll be a rick house and you know, like from one to 50 ricks or whatever, obviously the shit on the top is going to be a higher, it's going to have to be a higher proof. Right. Uh, and then the lower mid range, and then you get down the bottom, sweet, mid range, whatever. You can always look, especially with Blanton's, you know, where you got that bottle in the yeah. rick. Like, is that lot, is that rick house like lot one, and then lot two, rick house, they call it a lot two, and it was from two, I don't know. That'd be interesting to find out. Well, Doug, I want your perspective on this too. When I'm thinking lot, I'm thinking like inventory management, right? So if you know that you're producing uh, X amount of bottles and you have to pull these X amount of barrels, right? Each bottle's got to kind of fall into a line a little bit. The closer they all get together, that is your lot A, right? And then the barrels you use from the next second series of, of bottling release, that's your lot B. And then so on and so forth, right? But um, Pikesville, I had never had Pikesville until the Old Elk tasting or the heaven hill tasting we did with uh Olive, was that oliva that first cigar thing i did it at ruth chris that i told you about i think it was heaven hill yeah it was because it was eliza craig it was eliza craig pikesville give me another baseline bourbon that heaven hill does larceny larceny and, and uh henry mckenna and, no no um your Manhattans. Oh, uh, Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse Rides, yeah. yeah. Those are the ones that were on there. So that's when I had Pikesville. Yeah, I tell you, uh, they've been raving about the uh, Rittenhouse Rye. So I bought a bottle of it. I'm like, okay, if you're making a Manhattan, okay, maybe get that. Well, that's why, that's why. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I started out with my Manhattans. I'm just jumping on your, the Rittenhouse thing. Yeah. Is, uh, Fraser's brown bag down there. Terry, the manager down oh, yeah. there, he, yeah. he makes the Manhattans and, and me and him talked about it, whatever. And that's kind of how my baseline would be. The Rittenhouse is a hunter proof rye. Yep. And you get a nice ball in there mm -hmm. and then you pick your vermouth or whatever. And, um, but you want a hunter proof rye yeah. to hold up. Yeah. Because, you know, every guy doesn't drink uh, a Manhattan as fast as others. But that 100 proof, that's why you want it, because it holds up. It yeah. keeps your drink consistent for at least, what, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, it's easily. Manhattan. And I'm not a mixed drink guy. I, When people say, you, 
want a mixed drink? I said, yeah, mix that whiskey with that glass. I'm good. That's all I need. <laughs> That's done. Um, but I'm kind of a whiskey fascist as well. I see you guys put ice in it and our water. Okay, I, I understand a couple of drops of water maybe because a lot of whiskeys will open up very, very well with that yes, and are yes. actually better with a couple of drops of water. But when you're watering it down, there's a certain taste point that the distiller came up with, and that's what I want. You're exactly right. You're if you exactly if you right. add ice to it, hell yeah, you're you're bringing the the more you chill it, the less flavor you get. So I'm I'm a big fascist when it comes to this whiskey thing. Yeah, I, I've said sense. this I've said this before, and I think I told you this. I heard this saying a very long time ago when it came to ice and whiskey. If the master distiller, when they bottled it, wanted it deproofed or watered down. They'd have done it themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. But, and yeah, that's, that's that's what, what was that? Uh, there was a Netflix, I think, special on like uh, meat or whatever it was. Neat. That was on Prime. Yeah. yeah, and the guy, and you know, the they have one of the Bean Boys in there, and he's like, however you like it. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. And I was also yeah. like, in that show, there was that. Uh, there wasn't a Haymarket. There was some bar. I think it was a hotel bar in Kentucky somewhere. The guy that takes all of his pappy allocation. It makes jello shots with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, wow. he goes, and his his whole idea behind it was like, look, I know everybody's not a Pappy fan, but if you want to drink it, I could charge you a hundred dollars a pour, or I'd give you this ten dollar jello shot. And then <laughs> you can say you've had Pappy. <laughs> I just think to do it neat, you're gonna get to experience what the, the master distiller was really wanting you to taste. Yeah. So you try it at least like that first. And then I'm with Doug, I'm like I don't hardly ever. Now, Stag Jr. is one of my favorites to put two or three drops in because it opens Stag Jr. up and you can all the great flavors that, that are in. Stag Jr. is fine by itself. Well, for you, but I'm saying a couple <laughs> drops, I think you'd be amazed. You also we'll run away from Little Book. A Little Book is just a little power, power pack there, man. You know, the only Little Book I've had was their number one. And I like it. There was a, one of the... Uh, the mixtures in there and the blend is a 13 year old corn whiskey yeah. 13 year old corn whiskey. Yeah. who does that that's yeah. incredible stuff and when i did the tasting for that uh who's the distiller on that one jimmy the young the yeah. kid so they brought in the the different the different whiskeys that were blended sort of sort of yeah because I would be your <laughs> uh -oh. so, so they brought in the whiskeys that were blended to make Little Book number one. And so you got to drink all those whiskeys first and then drink the blend. It was a great tasting. Yeah. yeah. That's the cool thing about all the Little Books is they use mm -hmm. multiple years of, of different um, rise, rise, wheats, straights, etc. Um, <laughs> to do to do the the finishes, and we had some right now. I'm trying to just like keep, trying to keep them out of the. Can you just stay? <laughs> Can you just stay? That, so super boss man, that was just hey, scared. This is the whole reason I was here, man. Oh my Pull God. that off because he was like. <laughs> She was, I was, I thought yeah, I was going to have to be mean, and then uh, old <laughs> Chief Dougie goes, hey, <laughs> nah, bro, <laughs> nah. No, but that's what's really cool about the Little Books, how they, they blend it all together, and, and you'll find some crazy shit in it. Like, Chapter 5 has a 17-year-old rye in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like, what? and, and the, the thing that's cool about it is it's always like four different fucking, in the youngest, youngest age usage, 
in Little Book is like seven years. Or yep. six or six or seven years, something like that. Yeah. And then it just goes from there. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, they put out a good product. And I you know, I've been a Booker's fan when it was fifty bucks a bottle. Me too. And it's just it was like outside of the stuff you can't get, that's my favorite bourbon. It's a good strong bourbon with a ton of flavor to it and they put a lot of work into it well then they started changing instead of having instead of just pushing bookers out now it comes out between three and five times a year it's always a little bit different it's all still very good because and i've heard you guys talk about this this one is better than this one and i agree with that 100 but it's like you set the bar very high and it's just variations of that very high bar when it comes oh, yeah. to bookers oh yeah so if every time you come across a bottle that's less than 100 bucks you just buy it yeah, that's what you got to do. My my biggest thing with Booker's. So Booker's was when I got when I got into bourbon about four years ago, right? Um, Booker's when I when I met him. That's when I got into bourbon. It was, it was all scotch from from before that. But when I Booker's was that first thing that I found, and I had bought one, or we we had actually drank a couple of them, and I started buying them, and I was like, here's the thing with these. Jim Beam has every right. They could take these every quarter, right? Because they do four years, sometimes five, you get the anniversary one. Do four year, and you can make them 200 some dollars a bottle. And they would yeah. still sell, people would buy them. But up until fucking, you know, 03 of last year, every quarter, you could get the bottle. Mm-hmm. I think the most we paid until last year was like $76. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every quarter, and you yeah. could buy two of them. Mm-hmm. But as we've always said, all those Booker lines, we love them, but there are just those that are more memorable than others. Right. Yeah. And I don't. And I, I, I it, was thinking maybe it's because of the name, but I'm like, no, nah, no, no. Like Country Ham stood way the hell out. Well, and one thing I have found really unique that makes me a little bit of a hypocrite when it comes to whiskey. I've said this before. I fucking hate when you put taste notes on a whiskey because if there are 300 people out here and everyone reads it, I guarantee you over 70% will repeat the words they read as to what they taste. But that was an unusual, because it did have well, a hammy no, flavor. Here's, here's the unique Boston thing batch, shiny barrel. Yeah, those were different, but the key names, right? You can't right? pick so, up on a... Think kitchen table, right? Kitchen table, and they yeah. talk about the old oak table that was used when his grandma made this. <laughs> it was a very oaky whiskey. You're like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it, you know, and even on their taste notes, they don't say like apricot, chocolate, level three char. They say sweet, charry, oak. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now with those three, three highlight words, you can pick 10 flavors each and mm-hmm. everybody could be different. But that's what was so unique about, or still is unique about Booker's to me. I'm just pissed at the 100, 100 plus dollar price point now. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Because now it's an argument. <laughs> well, see now what I'm look what I look for is that hundred that high proof uncut bourbons that I might be able to replace for my bookers. And so I'm looking at Stellum. Recently started drinking some Stellum. That's very good. It's fifty dollars a bottle, um, and it's just starting to get a foothold. I think that's put out by Barrel Spirit Barrel Craft Spirits. Um, what is it? It's called Stellum. Oh yeah, you show me. Yeah, show that one, and then. Uh, what are the few of the other ones out there that you look for now? They're all starting to put out these high, uncut, unfiltered ones. Smoke wagon. Smoke wagon. I was supposed to bring you back a bottle. I said that I actually you drank it. Then I drank it. So I drank it for you. We had, Full we service. had a smoke wagon. No, I know. We had it out west of Yeah. Yeah. Do they have the uncut, unfiltered out there? It was good. Yeah. I'll show you. It's, 
Excellent. Now, Excellent have you stuff. seen have you seen the cream of Kentucky? I have bro? not. I, well, I don't even know what that is. I've never seen that well, before. Well, oh, so, it's uh, Rutledge. That's yeah. for, he's from uh, Four Roses, right? After he left, yeah, he purchased this brand and started Cream of Kentucky, and this is the first bottle he put out. Very fortunate to get a hold of a bottle of this. Now there's uh, probably two or there may be three or four bottles on. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just it's a fantastic. But I was always um, kind of confused. Like he was with Four Roses. Four Roses. What about Al Young? Because I have the Al Young 50 anniversary stuff. Yeah. yeah. I had four bottles. I'm, I I drank the whole damn one. I, <laughs> I I can't find myself to open another one, even though it's probably some of the best bourbon. But I don't know if Al Young came after or before, or they were there together at some point, but this is his stuff, and it's fantastic. So if you've never had this, I'll make sure you get some of this. Yeah, I'll have to try it at some point. Absolutely delicious. Yeah. And it's like what it says. It's creamy, woodsy, really good stuff. You know, when we talk about the taste of, of bourbon or any kind of whiskey, the one thing that's really never a topic is the texture. Very few people talk about texture, like it's silky, it's creamy, it's thick, it's heavy, something like that. It's always you're looking for the flavor profiles, but never the texture of it. And texture is a big important deal when you're drinking, when you're putting something in your mouth, a good whiskey and all. So you want to feel that. How does it glide over your tongue, over your taste buds, that kind of thing. And that makes a big deal to me too. So if you tell me this is creamy, that's fantastic. Because I associate creamy with uh, some of the better Canadian whiskeys. And uh, being a snob, not a lot of Canadian whiskeys are that good in my no. opinion. but. There are a handful that are out there, but they're known for being, they're, especially the rise are very creamy to the texture. So that's an important aspect of, of when you're drinking what you're looking for. So these cigars, have you smoked these? I've never seen them. No, these, so these are the new Lost and Found that we just got in. So we're doing the EMS now, we're gonna do the Oscuro next when we finish. But I said at the time, Lost and Found is a side project between Tony Bellotto and Robert Caldwell. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, uh, they teamed up this time with uh, Bolivar Cigars. And so when you look at the label there, that's on that trike, that's Robert yeah. Caldwell, and that's Bolivar on the back, right? They oh, yeah. imposed them on there. <laughs> yeah. um, and you can see the blends basically on them. They're kind of just a inside-out version of each other. Yeah. But yeah. it is a phenomenal cigar. They're exchanging the Connecticut Broadleaf for... Oh, yeah, okay, so what they're doing, the Sumatra, the Connecticut Sumatra, Broadleaf. and then you go to the Broadleaf. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So, very cool. Here. Oh, that's very kind. Yeah, Thank you, sir. Yeah, that's uh, what we're doing now. Thank you. Oh. You're so kind. You're so good to me. <laughs> you really <laughs> are. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got them. They're up at lit. Um, they're priced by the stick, and like the stick prices are eight to eight fifty. I think seven seventy five really? to eight fifty. And then if you buy, if you get five, or if you buy a sealed five pack, you get 10% off the whole thing. So your stick price, the five pack's like, I think it's like $45, $47, something yeah. like that. You know what That's I mean? Good. And they come in a Robusto and a Toro. So the Toro's, you know, 25 cents, whatever more, I think. Mm -hmm. But I mean, these, these are, I was so excited to buy these and smoke them because I was ready to degrade them. Because <laughs> like Robert Caldwell, Tony Bellotto, a lot of hum, or a lot of Dominican, some Nicaraguan stuff. Inside each of them, they have good product, but some of the loss of pounds been goofy. Some of it's been fun. But the unique thing about it is when they're done, they're done. Oh yeah. But then sometimes they'll hold some around, and in a couple years they'll have X amount left, and they become Something lost and found. Something pops up, and there you go. Yeah. And uh, but with Bolivar, like I said it earlier, it's you know I, I mean, uh, 
North America side volleyball, like outside the Cuba stuff, is just nothing to me. I mean, it's not yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but these are fantastic. I mean, they, they are. There is some serious flavor in these things. I mean, they started with almonds and went into some sweet wheat and toasted and stuff, and, and now it's... See, now I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to taste since you said yeah, that. Oh, yeah, you're going to remember all of it. <laughs> and it tastes like that girl... No, never mind, sorry. <laughs> Pocket, took a weird turn, pocket, didn't sorry. it? Well, I tell you what, one of the the best cigar tastings I ever did was we were in Herman for uh, uh, the cigar lounge down there. Uh, um, Hogshead. Hogshead, yes. Yeah. And Rusty from General was there, yeah. and they had a Fuma tasting. And I have to apologize to whoever goes next year because I think I caused them to raise the prices because I suggested that they could. <laughs> but you got to smoke the individual tobaccos that they use. And as you smoke those, you realize what you liked, and you got to talk about what cigar, what part of what cigars those are in, which narrowed me down to my, my new favorite cigar is the CAO Consigliere. Okay. That hit my taste buds perfectly. When he recommended that, I went and found one. And it's not even the, the 60 ring gauge, it's the, the 56 or 57, the soldier size. It's perfect, I love that cigar, yeah. it's my new favorite cigar. There's, there's something about that experience, and, and we did it, on the podcast. I've done it with Luciano numerous times over the years, but we did it on the podcast with the Mil Diaz from Crownheads, right? So he unzips his, unzips his backpack and he pulls out the binder, rolls it. We pass it around and we smoke it, okay? Then he pulls out the three, or the two, uh, the Viso and the Seiko fillers, rolls them up, we pass them around, we smoke them. Then we do the wrapper, pass around, we smoke them. Yeah. And then we light up the Mil Diaz. Yeah. And I have said it over and over. I'm like, if you can experience that, mm-hmm. and I'm like, don't, don't ask me to do it. I can't do it. Uh, he can't do it. You can't do it. If you ever get the opportunity to sit with a blender or sit with a program that has that set up, yep. it will change a specific cigar for you. Yep. It will, because yep. when you can take you, because you're experiencing it, how master blenders, how roller designers do this, right? Mm-hmm. So. Every single time you finally get a cigar in your hand, this was not the first guess. That shit happens so rare, it's not even funny, right? Yeah. You know, the blender in his mind might have the perfect age on a, on a wrapper, perfect age on a binder, perfect age on a filler. And the combination that he uses it, they roll them and they smoke them. And it doesn't burn, the combustion's not right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's too, um, too, too uh, ammonia based at the beginning because the you know, too much Seiko, too much Visa combination, whatever. Okay, no, let's do it again. Sometimes you change the tobacco, sometimes you just change the layout of the tobacco. Yep. All of that changes. Then when you get to that final portion of that and you're ready to go, and then you get to break it down again and see what they came to, it will alter a cigar forever. Like Mil Dios, Mil Dios, the Escoguitos, that size was, everything to me. I thought it was the best size variant because how much wrapper you got and et cetera, whatever. Now that Corona Gorda, it's just as good, if not more sentimental and personally better to me because yeah. that was the size we smoked. Those are the tobaccos we broke down that we got into and that's readily available. You can't buy Escobitos anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. But it's a, it's a very, very fun, fun thing to do if you can do it with somebody. But you have to do it with yeah. somebody that knows how yeah. to do it, right? So like people would ask me, they're like, well, I've seen you break a cigar down. I'm like, oh yeah, I can unroll this, right? But that yeah. is far different. Absolutely different, yeah. Far different. This thing has been rolled together, aged, 
even if it's a week, those tobaccos are starting marrying, right? Oils are seeping, this and that. But when you have somebody that can, the individual leaf. Oh, Luciano is great with that. He's fantastic too. it the way you too. want. Yeah. Oh my God. I talked to Luciano one time. I was at a couple events and we had a uh, whiskey event that he was there to, to pair his cigars with the whiskeys that we had. And just to listen to him talk about the individual tobaccos and the fields and how he gets them together, it's, it's incredible. It really makes you appreciate the cigar you're going to smoke that this guy put together and the way he developed that. It's not like he grabbed a bunch of leaves out of a bunch of fields, rolled together and, go, and said, oh, that tastes good. Like, no. Every leaf, every piece of tobacco in there has a certain flavor profile to it. He's combining those in certain percentages to get right where he wants to be. And it's just, it's an incredible experience. And with that, I got to get going. Hands down. All right, all right. Doug. Thank you, brother. man. Yeah, nice hanging with you. I Keep appreciate all it. Fantastic. You guys have a all great right. one. Yeah, Enjoy man. your time in Baldwin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shoot me a, shoot me a text to get off. Will do. Right. See you. So that's our, uh, that's our infamous Chief Doug, um, Chief of uh, Baldwin yeah. Police here in yeah. uh, Manchester, Winchester, Ellisville. What else is over here? Uh, Glencoe, Wild Yeah, Wind, you covered Eureka. them all. You covered them all. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, he is a um, great guy. Huge bourbon. Uh, uh, he actually did. Uh, well, they um, have a bourbon society too, though. Mark, uh, yes, the, oh, yes, they do. We, oh, I should ask them about that. Yes, 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 they do. They have a, uh, a bourbon society here in St. Louis that meets up and they, they do. It's a great membership set up. And I'll tell you personally, the bottles that they have. At each of these events, um, it's very, very set up, you know. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest Stone Tribe merch. All right, guys, we're back. Hope you enjoyed that for Stone Tribe. Be sure to check them out. Um, put it this way, every free download you do from iTunes or whatever gives back to Super Policy, which is pretty good. So make sure to hook that up. All right, so I am finishing the EMS. Um, I did have to take a phone call and get to some talking and stuff, so the cowboy kind of hooked through. Um, I know you just lit the Oscuro, yeah. but how did the EMS finish? Fantastic. Well, I can't wait to that's get a, it back. That's a go, right? That's a, that's a, that's a go. Yeah, that's a yeah, giddy that's up a go. and go, right? I mean, that was fantastic. Now, the biggest difference of this, and I was just reading on this, is we were, what was the wrapper on the other one? Sumatra. Sumatra. And this is a uh, Connecticut, Connecticut Broadleaf. Broadleaf. Yeah. yeah. But here's what's really interesting, okay? So, where I said they're just inside out. So, the wrapper on the EMS is the binder on the Oscuro. The yeah. binder, or the wrapper on the this Oscuro, is, is the binder on the EMS. Yeah. Okay? So that's a Sumatra binder with Connecticut Broadleaf on the wrapper. The EMS is Connecticut Broadleaf on the binder with Sumatra on the wrapper. All right? Well, it's amazing how when you think of a Connecticut wrapper, um, you think kind of creamy, but this has got a nice, really, milk chocolate uh, wrapper. You, you would think it would be lighter as a Connecticut wrapper, but. Well, that's that that's that broadleaf. You know, the, the, it's called a broadleaf for a reason, thickest leaf on the plant. Um, 
typically more uh, more flavor, easily combusted. You know, Broadleaf came to the market. I think I've talked about this before. The only reason we have Opus X in our lives is Carlito Fuente back in uh, 93. I think that was the first growth of plant he used. He used that Broadleaf to create the first Opus. Um, and until he did that, nobody used Broadleaf because they didn't think that you could combust with it. You know, you didn't think that it would work as a wrapper, that it wouldn't be good. And since then, you've seen an enormous display of broadleaf wrapper, which has been very good. And some people know how to kick it. Some people do not. <laughs> so I brought that as well. We haven't had that in a long time. This is, we have not had that and I since got this that day. Yeah. Three years, three years ago. Yeah, we have not had that since that day. We so, started the that's podcast. That's exactly why I went down in the vault and I pulled that out. I'm like, we man, started we this. Had that in we a were, long time. I'm sorry, we were setting the equipment up for the podcast, talking about what we were drinking, and I was talking shit about wild turkey. <laughs> right, and I was like, well, let's try this shit. And it's funny because now we've got uh, rye against rye. That's a $25 bottle. Obviously, this is a little more expensive than that, but we haven't had this in a while. Fuck that bottle now. That so what now. is what is he talking about? It is the Wild Turkey uh, Cornerstone. Um, it's the Master's, Master's Edition. Keep. Master's Keep. And um, of course, the bottle's beautiful. You got a turkey all in etched in. Well, it's actually. Um, it's not etched, it's like embonded in the glass, which is only when you get to that level can you do that cool shit. But this is probably 110 proof or whatever. Um, bottled and everything, you know, wild turkey distillery. But let's, you know, juice a little bit. And the cork, Perfect. I mean, look at that. I mean, again, you guys been following the show or whatever you know that some of these bottles and the packaging like i remember this packaging was almost like um well it came in a, a leather box, box. Oh, i mean it's yeah. crazy they probably spent copper 20 bucks 30 bucks on the outside. packaging for christ's sake and that's because they bought you know probably two thousand units or whatever the bottle count was on right. this but so this master's keep this master keep is like the special project each year that wild turkey does um and this is the rye um it's a 109 proof 109 proof which is awesome yeah so, the bottle and the uh cork it's almost got like a copper rim with some um I don't know, some stave around the cork. It really is amazing. It, it looks, it honestly looks like those rings you get, you know, like, kind of like my ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, and, and that is fucking wooden there. Yeah. And he's not kidding. The bottle is, oh my God. It's, 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 it's a heavy bottle too. You know? Yeah. So let's well, yeah, here. let's, uh, let's uh, invisibly clank. And here we go. Bing. It's a different ride. Fantastic. It's a different ride. It's like giddy up good. I corn that giddy up, giddy up good. Giddy up good. That's some good kind of style ride right there, but in there a little city uh, hall, little trench up, little trench up. Anyway, no, fantastic. Listen, 
and I don't mean to bring this up. Well, I do mean I, I do mean to bring it up. But where you store your bourbon, if you can, always do it in the basement. Uh, as little light as you can, store it on a shelf. If it's in the basement, typically I bet you're staying at around 64, 65 degrees, which is totally coolio. Um, in the winter time, you may think it's a little cooler, but it really isn't. It's just 65 degrees. You go out there, uh, it's 100 degrees, you go down in the vault, 65 degrees. Yeah, it's like, it's, oh, keeping your shit in a cave, which again, is where you want it. It's one of those correlations between whiskey and cigars, right? So, the most important thing when it comes to the storing of cigars, and I don't care how expensive or how great your humidor is, if it's too warm, if there's too much light exposure, Right, especially if you have glass, right? right? Glass is, it's, it's a reason it's called magnifying kind of the same thing. Same thing. You want to keep it at a constant temperature, not Difference. a whole lot, not a whole lot going on to make anything move in right. the cigar or right. Like, so for example, like my bar in the house, right? There's vents above it. Those vents are closed. They're sealed. Completely sealed. Because I don't ever want the bottles on those top shelves. If it's the summertime, we're blowing cold air. I don't want them to get any colder than everything else. And if it's the wintertime, you definitely don't want those bottles heating up. The issue that comes into play where bourbon, or bourbon, um, wine, scotch, beer, you know, well, beer's a little different, right? You get cold, but it's all glass. There is no other variant than glass. Now, sometimes you get the really cool ceramic decanters and things like that that work out. And, and you know th things like that but with the glass the last thing you want is this sitting where in the afternoon sun there's this beam of light that just shoots through and hits that bottle no you know now i don't think it'll ever get warm enough to cook it no but it can enough it can to change the temperature a little yeah. you want to keep it at kind of a constant temperature and keep it as unchanged as you can and uh the basement in a dark corner, consistent temperature, fantastic. Yeah. You know, if you're doing that, you're fucking doing great. Yeah, that's 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 probably some best storage stuff. Wow, I'm loving this cigar too. Yeah, I'll be. I am so digging it. Well, I'll be into it. I'm in saying the Boulevard, but I'm just saying this now is. You're right, like the polar opposite. This is so smooth. It's like, you know, now I just got done with the stout and now and now I'm like uh, on some really nice, I don't know, this is just vanilla, vanilla flavor, like. Manila, vanilla, vanilla? Manila, vanilla. Manila, vanilla? Wasn't there uh, You got the vanilla in the envelope? Who, who are the two singers? that got caught for lip syncing they were you know the two guys they were kind of i don't know jamaican or some shit and they were like they were like vanilla 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 milly vanilla yeah so when you were like really i vanilla vanilla i'm like i'm like man it's not milly vanilla right we should do shit we should do a game show I'll say Manila Vanilla, and then we'll get our way down to Manila Vanilla. We'll get paid some real money because we talk some good shit. Right on, yeah. We'll, we'll, hook, we'll hook right, right up with, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? XM King. Oh, Rogan? No, no, no. Oh, uh, uh, oh, oh my God. Mean, New York. Curly really headed guy. Yeah, 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 what's yeah. his name? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he talks, you know, he made his deal with having all these misfits. 
you know, he's like, what do I want on my show? I want sex, boobs, and then a bunch of misfits. That guy, I saw a show where he had... What's his name? It'll come to me. I know, I can't He had three three porn stars come on his show and test out automatic dildos on the show in the studio. Why do you and that's what happens when you have, when, when, when you've got syndication on XM radio. You know what I mean? Like, that's insane. What is, who are we talking about? God, we're me and you're both having brain farts right now. Um, you're going to look it up. He, you know, he was the fart guy. You know, he, they hung him down from the ceiling on one of the music uh, award shows or some shit. Um, Howard Stern. Yeah, our there you go, baby. Yeah, this whole computer just pulled it out. Anyway, I'm <laughs> digging this cigar, man. I'm loving it. Guys, I, I got to tell you, when I'm talking about uh, the density, like we're talking about the density, the body on this cigar. Dude, we're out here on a patio with wind, and we're we're smoking it up in this little corner, man. It's fantastic. I mean, this is great. And next to uh, our... Uh, Woman of the night and the uh, uh, local homeless shelter that tried to join us. The oh yeah, yeah Chief yeah. Doug shoved away. That's wow. You know, I talk a lot of times about when I wish I just had a camera going for no fucking reason. If I could edit video, well, nobody gives us total shit about hanging out with us. And now all of a sudden, this groupie shows up, and she's got. Yeah, look, if we got groupies, she's out. Yeah, we don't know. There's a committee, we're, and she's, she's out. like, "Is it radio?" No, we're just this. We're doing some shit for ourselves. Cause no, please move on. No, we've had a few. Doug got that Jedi mind tricks. He goes, "It shouldn't go away." She got in her car and left. <laughs> she like left the whole place. It's like, God damn. All right. Oh, uh, that's great, man. Shit. But yeah, these these cigars, man. I'm getting ready to jump into the Oscuro. Um, and like I said, the only difference. Yeah, the only difference in these cigars is you flip the binder and wrapper between the blends, which is really cool because you wouldn't think that normally. You just heard me talking about about master blenders and putting binder, filler, wrapper together in combustion. Sometimes. Those can be the biggest triggers, you know. Like the filler will burn with the with the binder, but the wrapper might be too moist. The wrapper might be too young or under ferment or this or that. But just switching these two is actually fantastic. That that is that is cooking the way it's cooked. Love it. And this thing, I must say, and you could say I'm wrong. This one's burned a little faster than the other one did. Either you're smoking. I think I probably smoked the other one. Um, I'm a. When I do, uh, let's see, what do I call it? Like a, a pull from a cigar. I usually do two puffs to fill uh, my mouth up and then blow it out or retrohale or whatever. So I could be a little faster than you, but this one does seem to be burning a little faster than the other one. But man. Yeah, this is great. Love it. Well, man, 
for not having a plan. It always comes together. Yeah, we're That's what I love about it. This will be a, we're going to do a little longer podcast today just because I want to do both these cigars and we got some fun stuff we're going to continue to talk about. So hang in with us, man. Um, I do want to make sure we throw out, uh, we talked about it, we announced it last week with FFK stands, Miguel. Um, all, it does all the skulls. Uh, you see them in a lot of our posts, uh, the Patreon, we're actually doing an FFK giveaway on there. Um, which is tricky, you gotta pay attention to our code words because you cannot, uh, Patreon will not let you use the word giveaway, raffle, uh, free, unless you set up a store. You know what I mean? So I do it all in my code words, it's kind of fun. But um, Craft Puro, C-R-A-F-T-P-U-R-O-1-5. Craft Puro 15, 15% off anything that is on the store at FFK Stands, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, we'll have him back on the podcast. We had him on the podcast last year at uh, Old Mill Stream. Um, we had, when he sent us the ashtray, uh, we had a couple of skulls, and we had the can opener that I demonstrated. Um, yeah, so I just want you guys to know about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, this is fun. Yo, shout out to Barry down there at uh, Stanley's. Just followed us on the old Instagram. Oh, just right now. on Barry. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the unrolled podcast. Uh, Mike Weller, Chuck Santiago down there at AP Cigar. If you want to laugh, <laughs> if you, uh, I think they'll appreciate this. If you want to waste two hours of your day watching some fun shit, you get into it, man. It, it's pretty cool. It's fun. Uh, we're gonna be back on there in a couple weeks. Oh, go down there and do that. Um, the cowboy has been practicing his one wheeling. <laughs> So we'll have him back on. the days are done. Dude, so, okay, that's fine. You remember when I showed you that he put that, they sent that video out to America's Got No Talent? Yeah. Okay, so that video got 150 plus thousand views, and there are probably over a thousand comments asking for a goddammit Hodge t-shirt. Are you kidding me? No, I'm serious, because when you fell, all you hear in the video is Weller going, goddammit Hodge. What was he thinking I was going to do? Hop off like a rabbit? I mean, for Christ's sake. God damn it, Hodge. T-shirts? Seems ridiculous. Yeah, it was so funny, man. I do so remember funny. him saying that. And I was like, doesn't even sound like Weller when he says it. God damn it, Hodge. Right, it doesn't seem like Weller. would be like, that looks great. Good job. Oh, or some man. shit. Like, nice fall. And, you know, that fall was not as bad as it looks because that, that hat I wear, and it, what's so funny is, with the short shit that I read, it was like, people were like, man, I the, thought Red Bull would have some better the athletes. funniest comment I saw on there was, if he's sponsored by Red Bull, they should take his wings away. Right. I mean, who the <laughs> hell is Red Bull sponsoring? Like this 60-year-old guy on a freaking, I don't so know what the, the hell the it is. Funniest, the funniest thing about that is we have talked about, last time we were at Winty's, we talked about how the cowboy had left his... Um, Juarez hat. It's, it's a, it was a limited Juarez well, it's hat. it's a spit off of Red and Bull it's a, Yeah, it's a rip off of the Red Bull design. And the joke we had always had was when we couldn't find the hat, someone saw it, thought it was a Red Bull hat, and it was gone. And that was just kind of us. And then this video gets thrown up, and so many people come in with these Red Bull jokes. 
It was just funny as could be. I, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, who sponsored this oh <laughs> I mean, that's as good as it he was did. so oh, much oh. fun, man. It was so much fun. But it's like, hey man, he held on to his cigar, he's up, he's rolling again, but then he didn't show the back. I actually did go down the street and come back, and I'm happy. About well that's that. not that's not fun. Right, no, that's, of that's course. a good job. Nobody wants to see anybody succeed. We want to see people fail. It's much funnier. All right, oh, so I did not know that. That's funny. I am going to fire up um, the Oscuro now. Yeah, there you go. Get it? Man, I'm curious to see if this does burn that fast because you're cooking way through on that. Yeah. Um, I will say um, that cigar did finish with a kind of spiced caramel yeah. up or out there flavor-wise. Um, and then Scooby Drew said on his... Uh, you get some zesty citrus, almost like apple, cinnamon applesauce. <laughs> That's no. funny. That's funny. I don't know. So, any applesauce in them or whatever. That's what, a fun uh, little take on that. What is that? I want two of those packs. Oh, right on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll pick them up tomorrow. Anyway, these are fantastic. Yeah, these are good. Not mad at these. So, gotta have them in my humidor, which is everywhere these days. But I did get a new igloo, and I got them all set down in there, and everything's good. I reduced my glass humidor because I think that glass, because I got glass on all three sides, I think that's hard uh, to keep. But in saying that, it's still around 65, 66, 67. It's all in that variant, depending on the temperature of the room. But uh, I socked away some boxes and a bunch of good stuff uh, that I'm holding on to. Well, yeah, maybe if, if you've got the room for it now, do, do singles inside that one, and then keep your boxes, yeah. boxes in, in the igloo. Yeah. Um, and just bobed it up. Be fucking good forever. Gotcha. You know. Um, that's actually a, a cool old trick. We've talked about that a bunch of times. I, I really, I really do want to give. Yeah, I know we, we show on LCA and Bravado sometimes with some of this stuff, but um, Brian Descend was really responsible for making that mainstream again. Because when that cigar club first started, um, when he did his first interview with Rob from Boveda, the Boveda podcast, um, he set up with them and uh, he was talking about how he had been going around collecting. <laughs> And uh, um, how he had been collecting these boxes and storing stuff, and he had a bunch of coolers. It was a store in all stuff, and that's actually where all that product originally came from. And uh, I think that really made that mainstream again. I met a guy I really once who that. told me, uh, I want to say I met him at Montreux, big cigar guy. And he goes, hey man, he goes, I've got those big white igloo coolers big wooden handles and I got them in my basement like five of them because I probably got eight nine thousand cigars down in those boxes because he's gone to Nicaragua a couple times and he's just got all this stuff down there Woo. I don't know how you ever smoke that but whatever he's into it but anyway this is a, a nice thing until I get the uh, the cowboy basement thing put down you can put it all together or whatever but it'll be fine for what we're doing but man i am pleasantly surprised about these cigars that you brought to the table um i think they're fantastic 
Oh, that definitely and starts you off you different. Get them at lit. Right? Get them at lit. Yeah, you get them at lit. <laughs> I'd be surprised where they're also town because I mean, it's a fantastic cigar. Um, I would assume they're down at Grand Cru. Um, Crew normally is, is where Lost and Found that I've seen it, but I know that. Here, I'll show you the display that they come in that we've got them out of the list. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a cool box. So there's down. more than just these two? Well, there's, there's these two, but in a Toro size as well. Oh, just different sizes. Yeah. So same cigar, but you get another, another inch and a half. This is interesting. So this one actually, for me, kicks off of more of that, that, those floral notes and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. This one, this one, it's amazing how just that quick, but it's like lighter, fuller. It's not, it's not as dense. Right. Either way, I love it. Oh man, I'm really having a good time. Man. Yeah, this is great. Um, All right. So we did we did finish the Mando. Oh Mando, we were just Mando. What do you mean you finished like the Mandalorian? What are you talking about, Mandalorian? Oh, I mean Boba Fett. Oh yeah, finished Boba Fett. Um, yeah, what do you think at the end? Well, I mean that was like a Super Bowl of shit. It was. I mean kinda. Um, Cad Bane. Die? That pissed me off. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, well, I mean, you just... Yeah, was, yeah. He was awesome. He was awesome. And that was like, like when he raised that bed and he talked, I was I don't like, have are any you Star kidding Wars tattoos? But him from the shoulders up, I'm not saying no. You know what I'm saying? But he had those, like, chiseled down, like, shark teeth oh, or whatever yeah. the fuck they were. And he was always, like, when he smiled, he was, he was almost, like, fighting. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, oh my god. Whoever did his voice was perfect. And then all of a sudden, in the grand finale, he's back. It, it just, listen. No, he's not back. That's not him in, that's not him in the unit. That's uh, Timothy Oliphant that he shot in, in, the, in the bed. Right, he's in Bubba Fett's bubble bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not, did I say the name's wrong? Isn't Cad Bane the, the, the hunter? Yeah, the blue face, yeah, red yeah. eye guy. He's not in the water tank. That's Timothy Offense, the one he shot. They got shot. Yeah, right. But and he's got the the dude the 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 um, the, um, the mechanized dude that fixed the whole world. He's over there sharpening his tools, looking at his body. I swear. Here's the funny thing: is like I always. Here's the thing. Listen, I I have kids. I have two boys, so I've gone through all the Star Star Wars things with my boys. But one thing I didn't do is, is I didn't do nine episodes of the Clone Wars. So all this shit now through Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, which the Mandalorian. Of course, I love so much better because they spent so much time developing the relationship and the characters with the Mandalorian. Hey, oh yeah, I told you, why was the droid taken out of that Starfighter? That's where Grogu is going to sit. Of course, and in the end, he's smacking the screen, and he keep, Mando keeps telling him no, and then he hits light speed. He's on in the top. Yeah, I just like, I know, but there was so much. It's like, couldn't you have done a few more episodes? I mean, 
it just feels like they had to cram all this shit in. But to get back to your point, the guy, the bounty hunter, that of course is supposedly in the Clone Wars, so bad to the bone, that is dead. They just introduced him, and I thought he would be around a bit, and then it's like, nah, they, you know, fucking Mando did up with them. And uh, I will say though, I'm looking forward to Mando really getting the uh, dark saber under control. Oh yeah, I'm getting tired. I mean, it's like wearing me down that he he's hardly he's having a hard time with the sword. I, I'm well, looking so I, forward, and I know they're drawing us in, right? I told it. you, I told but you my fan first theory. First of all, he's gonna get into it. My fan theory is that. He, well, obviously he's going to take over his whatever, but I think, so, I had asked uh, Square German about this, and he's the, he's the local Star Wars oh, yeah. fucking fanatic. I said, are, is the, are the Jedi really done, right? Like, I know you finished the Skywalker story, right? That's over. No. Right? Are you going to get rid of Jedi, though? And he goes, well, there's so many other things that you can get into. And I'm like, yeah, but like, but here's the thing though, right? I know that the Star Wars novel series and stories and shit have developed over the years since the first three episodes, right? But to me, Jedi are a centerpiece of Star Wars. You have to have it. Right? It's the whole, the whole... Well, and then yeah. I and then I learned something because I like when you start watching Clone Wars, start watching something Clone yeah. Wars. Uh, you know uh, the chick wielding two swords, Rosario Dawson's character. Yeah. You know she's not a Jedi. Oh, I thought she, she was. No, no, no. She was Anakin Skywalker's Padawan, and she never complete. She left the Jedi Temple. So she is. She she like now seeing Grogu's choice and when he left. Grogu's doing what she did. Like, she's very strong in the Force, right? She's there. She's a fucking Jedi. But she didn't agree with the whole giving up your personal life and all this jazz. You know what I mean? But the Mandalorian, at some point, I think what's going to happen here... He's going to rule Mandalorian. Well, of course he is. And he's going to go redeem himself because he's going to go to the underbelly of the tears. How about the forger, though? That bitch is bad. She is. And her voice is like... Did you take your? You are no longer a Mandalorian. How'd she know that? How'd she know that? Yeah. yeah, that's she kind of weird too. Shit. She knows some shit. I know. I think there's some secret crazy shit about her. But anyway, he he talked about in that episode. Like, okay, if you're uh, uh, a Jedi, you don't form attachments. But as a Mandalorian, that is the way. I mean, you this and this and that. This is the way. I'm going to get that tattoo. I think what's going to happen is he's going to blend both of those together and be the bad of the ball motherfucker. He's got the dark saber. He has to. I told you I ordered one of those, didn't I? No, you did not. It sits on the wall when you plug it in. It lights up black. It looks like the saber. My son has a couple of those. and We have been in his room. That saber, that the dark saber. It's called the dark saber. The dark saber. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Yeah, but you know he's gonna get that shit down, and it's gonna be crazy. Will cigars ever show up in Star Wars? You notice no one ever smokes in Star Wars? Well, I didn't. I didn't really think about it until you just brought it up. I do. I think about it. Is there a reason they're smoking cigars out in space? I don't know. 
Uh, is there a reason? Are they drinking bourbon? Is there a stuff? reason that that story starts with cocktails? Right? Is there a reason that story starts with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and they have flying crafts and can travel world to world with lightsabers, and people come back from the dead, and there's magic, and we have 4K TV? Whoa! See, I'm going, oh, oh, oh. What's yeah. up? We're taking a deep dive now. I'm in. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We know they're drinking, right? Because in every episode, and well, which of course the last, the, the liquor spot got all blown up in yep. the last one. Got all higher age. Yeah. Um, so this is something fun that someone asked us um, on the Instagram. Um, what are, what do you, when you're, if you're having a cigar and you're watching TV, what do you like to watch when you're smoking? Wow. I don't know. That's an interesting question. So, mine, I'm like, okay. Now, they're like, sports. First of all, I don't love cigars to watch TV. Oh, we watch football, we do. Yeah, but football. Right. That's what I'm getting at, right? Now, so we're outdoors. During, we're during, watching it. During the summer, if, if I'm chilling outside, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got the egg going, I'm cooking. You probably more than me. And I, I sit outside, and if I'm, if I'm just smoking, normally I'll just throw, you know, golf on or. or You're watching a sports. Yeah. yeah. But I have found myself, like, and I'm not, just because we're talking about it, but Mando and Boba Fett. Like I can get, I'm gonna get two. If I get really enticed by the show, like this inventing Anna show that, that we're watching, one cigar, two episodes. That's two fucking hours, dude. And you get done, and like you're, you're. It was enjoyable the whole time. But like I, I don't really have, um, like, like there's not a, a. I don't. I can't think of a time where I intentionally sat down. Turned a show on, grabbed a cigar to watch the show. It's more, it's more just chance to me. Like the TV's on because I'm outside cooking, you know, and I'm chilling. The dogs are running around. It's the summer. You're outside. I'm going outside. I'm outside. You know, having cigars and there's stuff on TV. You know, it seems to me it's typically sports. At UFC, like the fights are on, or if you're watching boxing or watching football or a hockey game, all about smoking cigars. But then I think typically when we're doing that, it's because we're all together and we're having cigars anyway. I don't know. I've just never watched a program. But I, was, I was, I'm always watching like a hockey game, baseball game, or football when I'm smoking cigars. I've never like gone out on my patio and put on a series or something and watched it. Now, you may be a little different, maybe you've done it, but I've never done that. So I'm more of an event smoker than anything else. That well, so, what, so, so what do you do when you just, you're at home and you go outside for a cigar? Well, yeah, I listen to some music. Like, I'll put on, if I'm outside, or like I almost did it last night, just go out there and put on some YouTube video, like listen to a stick figure, or put some music up on YouTube and watch somebody play music. And you know, kick back, put a little fire on, light it up, and listen to a little music. But I don't really watch a series. I don't know. For me, that I don't know. It seems kind of goofy. I don't know. To sit in and enjoy. But it's an interesting question. But I don't yeah. do it. It's an event or music. I I typically like it's like you know, it's an event or it's music that I'm watching when I smoke a cigar because I'm trying to um, when I smoke a cigar, I'm trying to relax. Well, actually, we're not relaxing, we're watching the damn Chiefs game, right? But, yeah. Um, 
But the other end of it is just like listening to some music. Like we're down at the farm and everybody knows us. We go to the farm, there ain't no damn video, there ain't no TV. We're listening to music and that's it, period. Um, and enjoying the great wide open, uh, like a Tom Petty game. But, um, so anyway, that's what, how I enjoy my cigars. I cannot imagine sitting down there and watching a series or something, smoking a cigar. Not that I might not do it someday, but that's kind of where I'm at with that. So, anyway, I'm probably about, I don't know, three inches on my uh, boulevard, and I just pulled out, since we're going long, I pulled out five brothers for us to drink, and we poured them in our little cuppy. Our travel. And I know we've had this on here before, the five brothers. So we did, much to say about we it, did five brothers, no, we did five brothers, and then there's the other one that's got the faces up here. We did these at the farm. Yeah, we did these the last podcast at the farm. Well, there's the Meyerly Brothers. Meyer, that's but, is that the yeah, one that faces on Yeah, the that's a bottle of yeah. the Meyerly Brothers. Yeah. But this is the Five Brothers from um, um, our favorite distiller. Heaven Hill. Heaven Hill. This is a Heaven Hill product. And um, what a, it's a hunter proof, right? None of my cheaters right here. But what is that? 90. Okay, 90 proof. Anyway, some really good stuff. So that's our right next here. little pour. Clankity clank. Yeah, clanky ching. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that's good. I'm not mad at that at all. That's very good. But I will say this about me and you. There is, when we talk about bourbon, there just is a specific taste in bourbon. I wish it was different uh, because me and you would argue more, but me and you really have the same kind of taste profile. Yeah. We like kind of the same bourbons. Um, and maybe it should be different because we would argue more about this or that. But man, there just is a certain mash build and whatever that we get out of Heaven Hill or Jim Bean or some of these distilleries in Lux Rose, MPG. Um, that we just really enjoy, and um, and this is another one. Five brothers, fantastic. Hundred percent. I don't argue that at all. Um, and these cigars, thank you for bringing them, because man, they're fantastic. Of course, man. I'll make I'll make sure you get your packs tomorrow. I'll bring them tomorrow. Yeah, they're great. Um, so, oh, I know what I wanted to talk about before you get going. I want to talk about the Super Bowl and then the halftime show. Yeah. Because let's do that. I've heard start all about this shit. Okay, go pee. Right, and I'll start. go start about this. Right. But um, I was thinking, you know, okay, so of course for Chief fans, you guys know that if you've been listening, that I really felt like last year the Kansas City Chiefs, the reason they lost is because, I mean, come on, let's face it, their, their offensive line was decimated by the time they got to the Super Bowl. So they fixed it and they lost a lot of games this season because they had a whole new line and they were trying to come together as a team because really, when you think about preseason, they're trying out a lot of new players and um, they're trying to put some shit together. But at the, at the beginning of the season, you got a lot of these new line linemen. And um, I thought by game four, five, six, maybe in the middle of the season, they're finally getting their shit together on the line, and they did. Um, 
but it did seem like once we got to the big playoff games or whatever, I thought the line was pretty solid and they were doing good. I thought the defense came along really well, but the AFC, you had the Bills, you had the Bengals, which, and then us, the Kansas City Chiefs, which were in St. Louis, but who else we got to root for right now? We don't have the Battle Hawks yet back in St. Louis, but um, it really surprised me that um, when we got finally to the Bengals, that here we are, halftime, 21 to three, and you, you're gonna question it now, like, oh, maybe we're on the three yard line, don't take the three points, and I'm like, three point, three point, three point, three point, we didn't, but I really can't fault them for that because um, you would think they would've got it, you just really would, because with the momentum and everything we had, but then when we come back in the second quarter and we go three and out and we get the ball back, I mean, if we'd have got that touchdown and come back, we did what we normally do, but we didn't. So here we stand uh, fighting for the end and it didn't work out the way we wanted, but um, it just was a little, I, I, it's just, I don't know where we go from that because the Super Bowl, we can peg that up to listen the line was decimated last year this year i really felt like i'm just gonna fault it on the chiefs i mean i think this was theirs to win i thought they would win this super bowl and they didn't so i i'm squarely putting this on they just fucked it up right i mean i think i don't think you put any blame other than on the chiefs they they, they fucked it up they didn't do their game. oh as far as not getting to the super bowl but this yeah, is the they, first one where i'm just saying hey man this is on you they blew it yeah they blew it so uh, now we've got two years of them they won it they were back the line was decimated and now we're back again and i think it was well we didn't the make the super bowl we lost the afc championship well what i'm saying is yeah. the first one won the super bowl yep the next year we're there but the line faltered and we, we just got rocked. Now this year, we're right there again. Could have been in it, could have, would have, didn't. And I think it's on the Chiefs. I think it was on the coaching, the players, everything this year, they lost it. So I love the attitude though, of the quarterback, which of course now they're saying he's not that good a quarterback. I'm oh like, God. okay, whatever. He, he, I, I guess he tweeted out right after the Super Bowl goes, okay, back to work. And that's what I said, man. It's like, listen, this is on you guys. What are you going to do? Let's just go back to work. Yeah, you, you could sit around and go around, around right do back. this, do that, blah, blah, blah. How about you just don't do that, right? Um, look, the Chiefs are already, they, they lead the favorite board to win the Super Bowl next year. They're 7-1. That's the, that's the preseason odds, right? Whatever, okay? Let's go to the Super Bowl. Well, let's talk about this because I, I, I want to say this. This is probably one of the greatest uh, postseasons I've ever watched with football games. Dude, if you, if Hands you can down play, the best football look, we've ever for, watched. forget your allegiances, games won, etc. Yeah, Wild card week one till the end of the fucking Super Bowl. It's been all ball. Not a single game sucked. Right. It was good football. Every single game was good football. And they always talk about parody. It's. It was great. The it's games fantastic. were fantastic, man. Fantastic. Every single game. Down to the cleanliness of the Super Bowl. Right? right? 
there was one missed big flag that was the offensive pass interference when when the uh, um, uh, I think it which was, was bullshit. The, ba- the Bengals receiver and there was an just, offside just face masked that corner. I mean, just ripped well, the there was back. a pass interference, which I thought it was a fantastic play. But, but the flag wasn't thrown. The two flags that went off ended up being offsetting. Right, so if even if you take that with two flags being thrown, there was no penalties. They all say each other, right? Um, I thought the game was fun. I did. The halftime show was. I it was great. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Okay, well, it, it was cool. You know, I I, I, I said. Well, well, here here's here's I that was an homage to Dr. Dre. Okay, and I said I told this. I think you heard me. I was calling the songs when the singers were going on. Right. Right. And the biggest one was Eminem. And everyone thought Eminem was going to do Sun Shady because of Dr. Dre. And I said, no, he's going to do, he's going to do the 8 Mile song. He's going to do Lose Yourself. It, it's, there's no way. Eminem comes up out of that stage and goes, bang, 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 bang. Everyone turned to me and went, oh, I, was like, I told you. All of these people singing are doing songs that reflect their time with Dr. Dre when he was lifting them to someone. Right? I thought for having, what, five artists doing five different things they put that together very well all right okay. well i'm gonna i'm gonna put a different spin on it i'm gonna end this with just saying this i think and if you're a true football guy and it never it never pans out most years the way you think but i thought the super bowl was the chiefs and the buffalo i mean that, that was the happen. game that of happen. the year that, that was fantastic. i understand that because you got the best what we consider the best in the AFC, and then it pans out a different way. But no, but Buffalo and the Chiefs can never play in the Super Bowl. They're both right, in the AFC. exactly. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, and it shall the same way. Anyway, but my, my my point is here now. So let's get rid of that. Now halftime show. Here's the thing. So coming up to the Super Bowl, you got the the um, the guy who's suing the black coach who's. Trump. Oh, suing uh, yes. Miami um, and, and the NFL because they think there is unjust. Um, well, like his, his lawsuit, his lawsuits are a lot deeper than that. But yeah. right, but I'm saying just there's not enough black like uh, yeah. um, head coaches, right? And I get it. I, I agree, kind of. So what I think's funny is the lawsuit comes out week one, and then week two, all of a sudden there's two new black um, head coaches hired, and I then. Know. There's an all-black hip-hop, well, outside of Slim Shady, but I mean, and now you got the whole black hip-hop show, but yet, do they jump the gun? Because now you're you're saying, you know, are, are, is the NFL now saying that we um, support, and this is what I'm reading, is are we supporting the thug life? Like NFL now is like saying, hey, what? what is this going? The thug life, like, you know, Dude, first off, dog is wearing all off, his colors. First He's off, a crip. First He's off, a crip. He did the crip walk. That halftime show, the crip outfit. That halftime show was announced in July of last year. Okay. Well, it's funny how it all. So that all happened before the Flores lawsuit. Okay. Right. Okay. I get you. And I don't. Think and I'm that not saying I agree with it, but any, I'm just saying this is what's out there. I don't think that any professional organization that is inside their right mind. It's just hiring an individual based on their skin color because of a lawsuit inside the league. 
there's lawsuits in the league every fucking year. Right. Right? But I'm just saying this what we're talking about. The, yeah, but that that, that, that that shit correlates at all. That's got nothing to do with anything. Personally. I, I don't I think that's that's crazy. Okay, would you think that was the greatest halftime show you've ever seen? Hell no, not at all. Well they're kinda of pagan. Like, oh no, that's that's stupid. That's who's stupid. the best? For me, uh you two when the Saints played in the Superdome, uh, 9-11. Oh, oh, my God, who the Saints beat? They beat uh, Saints won the Super Bowl. Drew Brees. Uh, U2 played. It was a huge, that was probably the best concert I've seen in football, period. Did I think Prince, I mean, come on. When did, when was, when, when did Prince lose? I don't know what year it was, but he's out there, and Prince does his shit, and it starts raining. And then he goes to Purple Rain. He does Purple yeah. Rain. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding? He's out there, and it's it's raining and shed. Purple Rain uh, with Prince in the Super Bowl, hands down. Best for me, halftime. for me, and we'd love to hear your guys shit. But just, I'm like, just Prince, reflection. That is the most bad of the bone halftime. Ever. That year, you know, I remember all that. Then the, the Saints going on this tear, going into the dome, doing the Super Bowl. No, they weren't in the dome. No, it was not the Saints. Well, is it the Saints? It's it's well, it's never a dome. Typically, it's outside. You know, like yeah, no, I I know you two. I thought you two played in the dome. I don't know. But then uh, the other thing I want to say is the hip hop thing. I knew the cars were going to be there. I didn't know how they would do it, but kind of the the what they're they're promoting is like here's these houses. We're having house parties, rooftop parties. And we're doing all of our thing. It was so white. It was like all of the the buildings were white. It was kind of weird. And and then I mean I thought <laughs> No, I am so fucked up. It's when the Rams lost to the Patriots in the dome. You two played that show. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I knew it was in the dome. Either way. It's food for thought, but um Listen, I, thought, I like look, all those guys that were in there, and I thought it was good. I thought the halftime show for again for five hip hop and rap artists to combine on a stage at the same time. I thought the way they each one did their own thing, and then they came together and homage Dr. Dre as he finished. That was a really cool musical yeah. moment, and it did its thing. So Somebody, one thing I did say though is I, I did point out when we were all watching it together. All like the backup dancers were in prison uniforms. <laughs> I did think that yeah, was like, a little sideways, but you know they had beanies on and it was all prison uniforms. Well, and then you know somebody said, "Man, um, for 58 years old, um, Eminem can really hop around." He's I'm not like, 58. "What is he? Is you're 58, you can't hop around." <laughs> I mean, like shit. What? You should have replied with your America's Got the Talent video. <laughs> Come on, dude, we can do some shit at 58. Come on, we're not paraplegics, fuck. I mean, it's crazy. He did his thing. Yeah, so anyway, it was, I, yeah. it was enjoyable, uh, but my wife and I said, as little as I was watching the commercial, it didn't seem like there was big, fantastic commercials. I did right? not, this year, there were no, like some crazy ass wild Dorito commercial. I can or Anheuser Busch, like blew your way. The one commercial I remember is the Toyota Tundra commercial that had um, Sam Elliott, um, the dude from Volcano. 
they had a bunch of like cowboys, the people that played prominent cowboys, driving these tundras on a mountain. Like that's the one commercial I remember. First of all, whoever buys an SUV and he's out driving in the mountain. The tundra's a truck. Right. Yeah. Whatever, a truck, an SUV, like, okay, buy this because now you can drive on the edge of any mountain in, in, this, you know, in the United States. I'm like, really? Okay. I get it. You can do it, but I just don't see it. Right. That's right. how they promote it. Like, hey, man, this shit ain't going to slow you down at all. Because look where we're showing you guys can go. Um, anyway, I just thought it was fucking funny. Um, but I don't think there was as many big-time commercials. I don't recall. That's the like, one usually commercial. Dorito has a crazy. And Coke? Coke always does? Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, one that I really like is this um, sandwich thing. With the guy from um, Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's. Yes. I love that guy. Yes. Dude, his like he's like a mafia guy. He's an old gangster got, dude. I yeah. love that shit. <laughs> and I was expecting, man, dude, oh, they were gonna do big time shit. Super and they Bowl. didn't see it. We uh we were firing up um, But I love him. I think he'd be a great gangster guy. We were lighting up cigars, um, and I looked up the and then Dwayne Johnson's announcing the teams. Everybody's like, man, you he's really know what I found really interesting about that? You know that Dwayne Johnson and his ex-wife, Miss Garcia, own the XFL. Right. The XFL's inaugural new season is next year. Yes, I do. Right? Why do you have the owner of the XFL, which, I mean, I guess in all ways is a farm team for the NFL, right? Doing your team announcements for the Super Bowl. I mean, there's, there's no no one bigger, no one bigger, popularity-wise, that you would have to do it. Rock is like on top of the world. Right? Bro, you can have, and I don't care where your political beliefs lie, that's not what I'm getting at. You can have the president announce those teams if you would have been like, huh, you'd have had yeas and boos, right? You'd have had yeses and noes. The fucking Rock walks out there in his purple suit and doing his whole thing. Well, because he's in the WWE. He's the Rock. He's the Rock. Yeah. And it was like, man, he's over animated. My wife was like, well, babe, you remember he was a wrestler and, you know, he's used to that colorful bullshit that they do. That's what he does. That's what he's always done. He's still doing it. You know, with and Zoe, um, is it Z O A or something like that? Zoe Energy Drinks. Energy Drinks. And right. I am just going to endorse this for the Craft Road Podcast. They suck. Oh, they're full of sugar. They taste like a Mountain Dew. They put in lime on. Tastes like Mountain Dew. I love it. Absolutely right. horrible. Right. Uh, if I have to endorse an energy drink company, it will be Monster Energy. Uh, oh, they're fantastic. There you go. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. I like the logo better. That sponsor's coming this way at all anytime, but, you know, if it does, <laughs> I'll take a little fridge. I like it. It's coming any day. Somebody's going to say, hey, man, we uh, like these podcast guys, the Grab Imperial guys. But other than that, I mean, the, I think the game was great. I think it was yeah. that, that, you know, I but again, being a fan, right, watching how they played, if that game played out and the Chiefs were on the AFC side, would have dismantled the Rams. Yeah. Dismantled. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think they missed. They missed an opportunity in this one. Yeah. But I will say I was happy that Stafford won. Coop. Uh, Cooper Cup. I mean, dude, that guy that's is another thing. I, I that guy is, he won that game for them. I know we're not a sports fantastic. podcast, but this is what we do. We mix everything in with cigars and whiskey, okay? Yeah. Cooper Cup should have been the league MVP. Aaron Rodgers getting oh league God. MVP yeah. was bullshit. 
but I am glad that Cooper Who's Cohen, on his bandwagon? It's crazy. The I can't entire state of Wisconsin. Right. right up. To the point that the newest headline is the Packers organization is quote all in unquote on keeping Rodgers. Good. Right? But I was talking to uh, somebody the other day and I was like, man, all this shit you see on TV. And they, so he actually made a really good point to me. He goes, so when the Super Bowl's over, with the exception of golf, right, there's three weeks of just dead space in sports. Big games. Right? March Madness starts in the beginning of March, like March yeah. 8th or whatever, right? Yeah. So you got like these three and a half weeks, and that's when you see yeah. all the I mean, rumors. We really give a shit about that except the polls, like the the whatever they call them, the uh, the spread, the boards that you put your boards, yeah, the brackets shit together. Yeah. But that doesn't even get interesting until like the last week, to where we're down to the final four or some shit like that. Then it's fun. Yeah, but every year brackets come out. I fill a bracket out. You know, it's two dollars a bracket. You know what I mean? Either lose or you win, and then sometimes but you make this year, you go. But this year, as soon as that shit's done, then the USFL kicks USFL off. USFL kicks off. And they're all going to be down, from what I understand, in uh, Brigham, Alabama. Dude, you Birmingham, know Alabama. And they're all going to play all the games in Birmingham, Alabama. 40 games. Right. And then what's going to happen, and I don't know if you've read this, but they're going to do this season, the USFL, and they'll all do it, within, which is going to make them legit. And then the, the Battle Hawks and all that shit will be then back. The XFL will do their season, and then there'll be a championship between the winner yeah. of the XFL and a winner of the USFL. And then they'll play each other. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Which is dope. <laughs> and it's all going to happen at the Dome of America, downtown St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fucking great, man. And then what'll be great is the, is the USFL or the XFL gets so big, we play the NFL after the Dude, Super Bowl winner. So I've been, I've been talking. Okay, you're calm down. <laughs> calm down. So I've, I've been telling a bunch of people like, yeah, everybody still wants that expansion to come. To they won't do that because they won't do that because what they want. Because they will not put themselves. What do they want? They'll lose everything because XFL is. Or the but NFL is the I keep, epic epitome of football. I keep saying this to people. They will never. People uh, still uh, want that, that NFL expansion to come back to St. Louis, right? Of course they will. And I said, look, I don't think there'll ever be an NFL team in St. Louis again. No, why? I'm like, so this XFL thing takes off, right? If it's the Battle Hawks or it's whatever this year, okay? The XFL Battle Hawks in 2020 drew more 20, ticket oh, sales. Right. Yeah, more yeah, ticket yeah, yeah. sales. Than the other eight teams combined per home game, right? So the biggest, if I'm the city, right? You know the biggest fuck you that I can give the NFL for allowing the Rams to leave? I'm just gonna have this second tier team here that's gonna sell this arena out every home game, and we're just gonna rake the money in. We don't need the NFL. What? For what? I think St. Louis is pretty much there on that, but it does boggle my mind. That and, and listen, over the years, if you're a St. Louis people, how many times have we been written up in sporting news, which is the epitome of everything sports. for winning or losing? Just saying that St. Louis is the number one sports town. What out of your mind? It's happened many times. Sporting news, number one sports town in America is St. Louis. Do you read sporting news? No, I don't have a subscription of that, but so, I can look it up and tell you that okay. that's true. You're insane. Um, 
What would be the biggest sporting town in, in America? Dude, you got to think about the cities much larger than St. Louis. Okay. Go to Los Angeles. Los Angeles has eight professional teams inside its 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 count. Which nobody gives a shit about. They do in California. And you're saying they're showing that by nobody comes to a Rams or Chargers game? That's the Rams and Chargers, six other teams. How many hockey teams are in LA? The Kings. The Kings. That's the Kings, that's it. I'm just that's saying, in baseball, you, you got Anaheim, you got the Angels, and then you've well, got... Well, you're talking the state of California. Well, right. Oh, fuck. Yeah. They've got at least, what is it, at least three teams in every professional league of sports? I don't know. I'm a St. Louis motherfucker. I'm like, hey. That's fine. I'm just like, man, I, get, I, I, okay. I just hate this to hear is that not, because this it's is not, not true. A, this is not like a... Cleveland? What about Boston? What about New York? Right. What about Philadelphia? Yeah, good good call. Right. I'm right. Uh, who else we can... Oh, that's, that might be That might be it. Um, Florida. How many you got in Florida? Well, that's you got state, Jaguars. Though, that's, yeah, right, yeah, that's yeah. the state. Anyway, I'm just saying. I mean, because if, if you if you go state, fucking Missouri, just in professional sports, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Royals, you have the St. Louis Cardinals, the St. Louis Blues, right? And then when the Rams are here, that's five professional sports teams, okay? Even down to four. The Blues are never short of a stadium full of fucking people. Right. The Royals are never short. The Cardinals are never short. The Chiefs. That stadium sells out for preseason games. In the state of Missouri, you got the, the Cardinals who've won, what, 11, 11 12 11. national championships? You've got 11, the Blues who have, have Stanley Cup championship. We also have the Rams who won a national championship. Their go first to, Super Bowl was you in. Go to, right, yep. with the Rams. You go to Kansas City. Um, Kansas City's won two national championships, Super Bowls. Yeah. Uh, because they won one. They also on. lost the first ever Super Bowl. Royals have won national championship. The Royals have. Uh, they don't have a hockey team. But I'm just saying, Missouri is no fucking slouch, man. They're, they're no, not, not at all. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that. But that that best sports team. I don't think there's many states that have that. Dude, I, if you want to go up just on on one team, one team. So when Tom Brady was with the Patriots. Okay, just in apparel sales, he's the all-time leading apparel seller in sports. Tom Brady, yeah, the jersey, right? Right. You can't say that Boston during championship period times is not a fucking. You've got the Garden, right? You have Gillette. They're, they're known by that. It's not. It's not Chiefs Kingdom. You know, it's not Arrowhead. Yeah. You know, nobody calls the Blues. What is the name of the Blues Stadium? Chaffetz? <laughs> well, it's Enterprise Center. Inter- right Enterprise now. Center? Okay, sorry. No one goes, oh, we're going to the Enterprise Center. But, it, but you go, oh, I'm going, I'm going to... I don't know, man. Boston I don't have all the statistics, but I'm just fucking this. telling you that if you look at sports in general across America and you look at St. Louis, St. Louis used to be a mecca in a country. It has slowed down, right? Of course it has. But as far as a sports Boy. state, a sports town... It is amazing because listen, I'm only telling you that we've won 11 championships. We can actually draw this in the cigars. How many times have they been in the world championship? 
I'm just saying we won 11. How many times have we been in there? Stanley Cups. How many times we've been in there? Haven't won it. We won one, but we've that been would, in there. That would be like saying that Jim Kelly's Buffalo Bills are one of the best football teams of all time because they went to the Super Bowl four years in a row and lost. But I'm by just three saying times. we're there as a sports town and we're competing. Is what I'm saying. You can't. I'm not arguing that at all. Right. You can't argue that. Period. As well as the Chiefs and the <laughs> Royals or whatever. So either way, uh, but speaking of St. Louis, right? Go back. State. Go back. Not even a hundred years when the port side of the city was still open with the Mississippi. St. Louis was one of the largest bottling factories for bourbon, for, for whiskey in the United States. And at one point in time, St. Louis had over, I want to say a hundred cigar factories in it. You know, wow. hand-rolled stuff, just old, old, old school coming across west to east, or east to west, I'm sorry, you know? That's what it was, that's the gateway, gateway to the west, right? You know, there's a super large trade hub. I'm with it. Yeah. Wow. Well, what do we take away from all this? I still think St. Louis is a badass sports town. And now, it's going to be so cool as the podcast continue. We've got the Battle of the Battle Hawks coming back. We've got the MLS. Hey, you know what's really, really, really funny? We didn't stadium getting ready to be. We never did a tailgate podcast with the Battle Hawks. Well, we didn't have a. Did we? I don't think we, we had the podcast. That was in yet, twenty. That was in twenty. We started we in December nineteen. Well, fuck us. I don't know why we didn't do that. Well, you know, more fun to come for sure, no doubt about it. Anyway. All right, so let's draw into some cigars here. Uh, I have definitely exceeded my expectations on these cigars. Hell yeah! But the EMS is better than the Escura. The second one. Yeah, the first one was yeah. better. The first both one was bad better. The They're both damn good cigars. But if you got to pick one and you're listening to me, yeah. you go the MS. I do. The Sumatra on top, yeah. the density of the body, the nutty sweetness, subtle citrus and spice. This is, this is more, not muted, but this is not as dense. It's lighter. Um, there is more sweet spice to it, but I think that's where it where it, where it ends. I haven't really drawn any distinct solid flavor out of it. But it's, uh, good. it's good, but it's good. It's good. I just I can't I cannot break this down as much as I did the EMS. Right. I think this cigar is better. I really do. I really do. So, so I know for a up. fact you can go pick these up at Lit. Um, yeah, and again, so, we're having our, again, there's nobody out here on the patio except us, which is cool, because we had one fan, we had to get out of here, she was crazy, but, I mean, think, you know, like I always say, man, we get to do another bag of the pickup, or whatever we're doing, but this has been a great afternoon, hanging out here at French Quarter, Bones French Quarter, and everybody here has been fantastic, and uh, man, we had a good podcast. For sure. Um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to finish out. We're going to have another cigar, a couple drinks. Yeah. Um, Why not? These lost and found. These Bolivar Cofradia or Cofradia, however you want to do it. You That's why he said that. Um, from lost and found from Caldwell, uh, Bellotto, and the Bolivar family, th- these cigars are fantastic. They yeah. changed my mind immediately. That EMS is clutch. 
I will have more of those within 24 hours. There's no doubt about that. Um, so from the Viking, uh, hit you with the mile. Thank you guys. Um, always shout out to our locker sponsor, Lit Cigar Lounge. Uh, oh, tomorrow night there is an Oliva event. Um, if you're not going to be down at our bourbon event at the Legends Golf Course, be sure to drop in there and check out the Oliva event. Yeah, because uh, it's on right now. Whether Joe, uh, Joe we'll will be there. Um, if not, uh, we will be there tomorrow, at least for a minute. Bring Lind out there. Okay. We'll kick it. Um, we will do that, and then that's that. We are working on the Dead Tide. Uh, there's a dope logo. I'll show, I fucking love it. Cowboy thinks that uh, the beard looks weird, but I find it fucking fantastic. So this is what we did. We took the skeleton, the one-eyed uh, Cyclops, we put a beard on it and the cowboy head on it. You got those I'm trying to refine it. it uh, we, I'm gonna put a skull, uh, what do you call that? The uh, Shaka. The Shaka on there. But uh, I don't know, we're working on this for the new uh, Lonsdale. Well, I think, is that yeah. the one? You, you prefer the Lonsdale? I think so. Lonsdale? Yeah, I think, I think so. Even though I dropped it in the hot tub last night. It's cool. We got, this This will be a 15 count box. Um, somehow through my diligence of constantly studying wood, I found a location where we can actually provide a box and we don't have to charge a lot. So, which basically means I'm going to be painting the boxes, which is cool. Yeah, or, I don't know, I don't know. We'll talk, yeah. We'll have some. Maybe. We'll, we'll fuck up. You're the artist. I don't fucking know. It'll be I'll our just keep winning. You keep throwing shit. How's that sound? Cool. <laughs> oh, we're good. We're good. Uh, yeah, but good. yeah, so uh, for me, be sure to jump on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash CraftTheCure. It's $3 a month. Live chat room, uh, videos, excerpts from the shows. There's a big giveaway coming from the Bourbon Cowboy. Uh, probably in a week. We'll get that all set up. Um, I've got a giveaway winner that's being shipped out um, Monday. So we'll get after that. And from uh, Viking, I'm out, man. Bourbon Cowboy to Yeah, and listen, man, as always, I appreciate you guys listening. This is the Bourbon Cowboy. And listen, man, have a good weekend and have some fun. Of course, you know Missouri weather off and on, but it looks like it's going to be a great weekend. Giddy up.